our centuries and millennia-long war against the Decepticons. Two factions, both from the Autobots and the Decepticons, splintered off from the war and left Cybertron to find Energon deposits elsewhere in the galaxy. Unfortunately, they met, they fought, and they crashed. We do not know where they are, but we will search for them. The Maximals are being led by my subordinate, Optimus Primal, and they lead the charge for freedom and peace among the galaxy, while one taking the name of Megatron just wants to rule and enslave all. While our war continues here on Cybertron, the Beast Wars rage elsewhere. Or at least that's how it should have happened. <laughs> it raged all right. What a... What a what a, uh, what a what a what a what a fan fiction you spun there, Ben. Thank what you. a what a what a what a what a quite t- what you spun a tale. You mixed all the Transformers all into one continuity. Thank you, thank you. I mean, it kind of made sense when I was a kid. I mean, we'll talk about we'll talk about our well, at least my nostalgia for Beast Wars later on in the review because yeah, we're reviewing Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. We're talking about my book club I pick, which is Beast Wars: The Gathering. A lot of Transformers, a lot of beasts, a lot of. Uh, stuff thrown in but uh brandon are there um links down below i think who are we who oh, who's shit, this podcast what's happening i don't know i don't know who's this spot well that person down below me is ryan eliopolis hey i thought when you were gonna go before time again there was the trans warp device and i was like oh yeah it does uh, not sound as good but you just went with the cube and it does sound good yeah, it, it, honestly, I don't know if it's just my nostalgia for the original for the original Transformer movie, but the cube sounds better than the Transwarp key. And of course, Brandon T. McClure. Hello, I am here too. You are, uh, and we are Sans Sparks Witty today. He is on a, a little vacation in a cabin somewhere. I don't know where. It's probably cold there. He's in the cabin in the woods. Yes, cabin in the woods. No monsters. Cabin no in. cell reception. Just having a little that we know of. We don't know if there's. We he can't tell us. That's true. I guess I'll find out if he comes home or not. <laughs> Okay, that's true. <laughs> Stay away from all the spooky things in the bottom of the basement. Um, right. Hello, guys. Hi. We're off to a great start, but we got a fun show for you guys. Um, I hope everyone is good. Hope everyone has had a good week. Uh, we certainly had a week. Um, the WGA strike is linked below. As always, we will once again be talking about it in our in our news this week, but it is linked below. But as far as we are concerned, um, a new Basement Arcade pause menu episode came out. Ben, why don't you talk a little bit about, about that? Yes. So while I was at um, SoCal Gaming Expo, just like the episode beforehand where I spoke to a game developer, I spoke to another game developer who decided to make his own game for the Nintendo Entertainment System. And not only did he make a game that could that could possibly run on an NES, it actually does because he built and manufactured physical cartridges that you can go and buy and plug in to your NES. I sat down and talked with uh, Nick Munson. He is the gentleman behind Monsoon Studios, and we talked about his game Copper Jacket. We talked about how he was able to essentially um, make a, a game for a system that's 30 plus years old and not just make a game for a system, but make a physical cartridge for it. Because once you, because obviously people have made games that are in the style. Of older games like you know eight bit games the nes the sega master system the super nintendo but they're all modern consoles he went the extra mile and said no i'm gonna make a game for the system that works with this system and i think that's rad that's really cool um so that's linked below in both audio and video formats as well as um our cinephiles uh, guys across the spider-verse was our last week's review sparks worked tirelessly to get uh, the, to get that movie into the cinephile so it is there if you want to check it out uh, independently of the episode that we did for it flip, flip. 
Um, uh, yeah, so I'll be. I'll say this one next. So Conversation, um, my, my, my solo show that I do where I talk to podcasters about fandom, um, that is also linked below. That is only audio. Um, that one, The latest episode that came out last week was with Cookie from Just a Little Podcast. Great episode. Really fun. Uh, really enjoyed doing it. That's linked below. This coming week, keeping the Indiana Jones train rolling on the Fickner Family Podcast uh, is my discussion with our friend of the podcast, friend we all know, Ken Knapsack. Woo! Uh, this was a last minute. Uh, this was a last minute decision that I that I made when I saw his tweet. Hey, I always say that Indiana Jones is my favorite cinematic hero, as my favorite cinematic character of all time. And I'm like, hey, do you want to talk about it in conversation? <laughs> uh, so we got that. That is, so we got that recorded, and it'll be the next episode because I want to get it out before Dial of Destiny. Um, so that's, that's going to be a really fun time. We talk about Indiana Jones, uh, shelf fandom, which is, which is what I'm calling like, Hey, you know, we have got all got things where we're like, we're big fans of, but there's no new things of it. So, you know, we put it in a box and put it on our shelf and we wait for the next thing to come out and then we take it off the shelf and we, we look at it, you know, kind of what, what, what it feels like to be in that kind of fandom and, and things like that. Really good discussion. It's my longest episode. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. And that's, that is all part of kind of what I, what I'm sure everyone has realized I'm doing is doing Indiana Jones episodes on most of our shows, uh, wherever I can find a way to do it. I have figured out a way to do an Indiana Jones specific episode. And that is just part of that. So I look forward to that. Finally, this is not linked below, but this is important to say because this is our guys tomorrow as we are recording this in a couple of hours tomorrow it is our seventh anniversary as a podcast seventh anniversary we started this podcast in 2016 we put our first episode out controversially on june 12th oh lord Um, (laughs) yeah that that whole freaking oh god we don't need to go into it but yes no we don't Um, i just i just remember and i just get flashbacks because both of us said okay we'll do it on this day and then he says this day then we decide screw we're just gonna do on this day and then that whole thing happened the 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 events leading up to the, to the first episode of this podcast have been documented, so you can find them if you like. Um, so our uh, our anniversary special will be up tomorrow. Um, so please check that out. Um, it's our seventh anniversary. We do something special this time. We do a D and D campaign. We've talked yeah. about it before. Our good friend Pi uh, decides to uh, is our DM. And it's my first D and D campaign that I've ever done, and it was a lot of fun. And I hope you guys really enjoy it. Uh, please check it out when it drops tomorrow. It's a nice, nice little one shot. Yeah, maybe more in the future if time allows. I would like there to be, but yes, if time allows. I'm saving. I saved that character sheet. I'm not getting rid of it. It's on D and D Beyond. Yeah, it's always there. Apparently, I'm, I'm still saving it. <laughs> I printed it out and I stapled it into a binder, and I'm keeping it. Um. Cool. So that's that's as far as as far as the network goes. Those are some of the links to look out for, and some of the links to check out in our description. Um, there is, of course, my CBR work is linked below. I did, a couple of things were published this week as far as like Disney remakes, and I think a oh, what was the other one? It doesn't matter. It's linked below. Check it out. Um, and Ben, yeah, yeah, it's all Ben from here on out. Um, <laughs> So talk about your OSG article and your and the latest OSG magazine, old school oh, yeah. gamer magazine, and at the same time talk about Fusion Gaming magazine. Right. I mentioned the OSG article last week because I did an article about a video game 
it was a developer slash publisher in the early 80s and in the 80s and 90s called not early 80s but late 80s called absolute entertainment and essentially they did the exact same thing that activision did whereas if you the guys who who founded activision used to work at atari they didn't like how they were being treated because they weren't given credit for their work so they bounced from atari from atari and created activision these guys did the exact same thing from activision they were working at activision they didn't like how they were being treated so they bounced from activision created their own thing called absolute entertainment and kind of like with um what atari did because there's like this or with activision because there's this, this little um this little rumor that the reason why they call themselves activision is because activision comes up first in the phone book i was back literally, in the day. literally gonna bring this antidote up after if but you you just said it yeah yeah and so with absolute absolute comes up before activision in the phone book so it's like all right i see what you did they essentially it was a game of pettiness and trying to add stuff um i talk about some of the games that they were most well known for um one of their most famous games is actually the home improvement game for the super nintendo uh yeah (laughs) that's what you got a really good one ryan yeah um it's the game that if you when you buy it cib you take it out and you try to look at the instruction manual instruction manual says real men don't need instructions figure it out um really really wow yeah i mean the game itself is just a it's a it's a platformer it's another action platformer that takes tim allen's character into like back in time it's weird um there's (laughs) weird (laughs) yeah yeah it's 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 weird it wasn't really that good but there's also a game that i want to i highlighted that i think brandon will enjoy for star trek uh star trek the next generation on the nintendo entertainment system where the game has captain john luke bocard essentially you're playing as a new recruit to the enterprise and Captain John Luke Picard gives you certain um, tasks to perform, and you essentially follow his orders and do those tasks um, aboard the okay. Enterprise. It's and there's not not the same task over and over again. You have different missions and different things to do, and the longer you play, the more um, difficult missions you get because it's not all just like you pilot the Enterprise and go pew 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 shooty shooty. You actually do missions on the Enterprise, and you actually try to. Be like, hey, let's bring um, let's bring Commander Worf with us and Data and stuff like that. Yeah, oh, there that's it is. so cool. Yeah, Ryan just pulled up the instruction manual. That's funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, unfortunately, Absolute Entertainment didn't last very long after mm-hmm. the 16-bit era. They unfortunately went under. So I wrote about that and um, for Fusion Magazine, which uh, which I just got my copy recently. Um, that issue cover has my review of the Super Mario Brothers movie. I wrote a review for them nice so both those so both the so the links where you can find the latest issues of those magazines are down below and of course where you can subscribe to the magazine if you would like to keep subscribing to them um that's linked there um okay other than that ben why don't you talk about dn dark episode 30 Ooh. so uh last episode uh victor frankenstein turned into a mind flare Hmm. and we had a essentially we had a two a two front or a two boss like two bosses in one fight battle where it was very difficult and things got crazy and i don't want to and have you guys listened to the episode yet yes not yet i'm behind all right so brandon hasn't but ryan has uh ryan that reveal at the end of the episode it's good it was a good Dude. battle it's a lot of fun i it, love i love it, one, I just love D&D battles, but two, especially, I just love, like, uh, just, again, like, Dan Dan's editing makes it just, like, so fun. Really good. Mm-hmm. Real good. Yeah. Yeah. So, Brandon, let me know what you think when you get to the end of the episode, because uh, when we got to the end of it, all the players were like, what? <laughs> I look forward to it. 
Um, so that's linked below. Again, once again, D and Dark is always linked below. As long as there are new episodes, you can check it out. Um, so yeah, so that's all the links below, I believe. Uh, yeah. Okay. So who wants to go first? Actually, you know what? I'm going to go first in my week, if that's oh, okay. Please. I only have one thing to talk about, which is why I want to go first. And that is The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, it's a show I've talked about prior on the show. Uh, it had its final season uh, last week, this past week. Um, and uh, uh, solid five season run. Honestly, very good. Very funny all throughout. For those of you who don't know, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is about a Jewish woman living in nineteen early 19, late 1950s, early 1960s New York City, trying to become a stand-up comedian. And... Uh, she's not just any stand-up comedian, but like the best stand-up comedian and her kind of love life and trying to find the right gigs to, to strat to, to like shoot her career up. And, um, and the story is also with her manager, Susie, who is the voice of Lois from family guy, Alex Bornstein, Alex Bornstein. Thank you. I knew, I knew you would know the name. Um, also, uh, uh, Mrs. Maisel is, is apparently one of the top contenders for Lois Lane, which I think she'd be great for. Um, Anyway, so the season was kind of a little uneven. I so there's a lot of flash forwards to further in the timeline, like the ni- 1990s, 1980s, 2000s, um, to kind of see where the characters end up after the season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't think it's as executed as it's executed as well as it should be, except for one specific episode where it really clicked, which was this set, was set in the 1990s, and it's this roast of Susie, who's now this big hot shot uh, talent manager. Uh, and has been for many years and it's people roasting her and telling stories of how she became such a really popular talent manager. So it's, it is set there, but with flashbacks to the, to, to just after the show, before the show, during the show. Um, and I thought that was a really good episode and it was really nice because throughout the, the flash forwards, we knew that Midge, Mrs. Maisel and, and Susie had some sort of falling out in the eighties. And we're not sure what that was. And this is what we this is when we learned what that was. And it becomes actually a really sweet and really poignant moment to include in the show. Um, but outside of that, the stuff set in the 50s and the 60s is really strong. It's really funny. It's really interesting. She becomes like the first female writer on a um, on a, the Gordon Ford show, which is a kind of a Jay Leno Tonight Show type sh- type thing. And uh, her, how she's trying to use that to uh, to become to like get known as a stand up comedian and and um yeah just a really good show all around very relatable for me because as as you all know i'm jewish and her familial troubles remind me a lot of mine um uh, tony shalhoub is the dad um it's a really good show it's very funny if you haven't checked it out i kind of recommend that you do it's a very short five seasons um uh i really i really enjoyed it and i'm kind of sad to see it go but i think it ended on a really strong note I've heard all the good things. I also did hear that people didn't love the season as much, but it's still it's still a good good show no matter what. Yeah, the final the final episode was exactly the note to end it on. Like it, it they really they the, the you gotta end you gotta end it strong, and they ended it strong. Yeah, uh, but that's all I got. So that's all I got for this week. So who wants to go next? I'll go next because I basically just have a uh, uh, one thing, and Ben, you could probably guess what it is. Uh, um does it start with a z and end with elda tears of the kingdom that's it correct yes i'll take 200 dollars, alex for, for that answer <laughs> um uh, yeah uh, i'm just you know i just you know 
I worked Tuesday to Saturday, so I'd come home and like I'd watch some YouTube or just play Zelda because like that game's just infinitely playable. It's just like I can do whatever I want, anything I want. I found I could build a house. I built a house, Ben. You built a house yet? Not yet, but I know where I can build a house. Yeah, you can build a house. Uh, there's a guy. Uh, there's frogs you find in caves, and if you kill the frogs, they give you these gems. And there's this weird. Have you found the weird monster brothers? I have. Yeah, uh, there's some freaks, man. Like Zelda's got freaks. These are the extra freaks. And this one, well, there's guy, the first one. There's Gilton from the first game, and now it's his brother. This game, yeah. So. He's a he, and then he's a double freak, and he's like, "Yo, I want to turn into one of those things. I need you to give me those gems." So you're just giving him dozens of gems, and he's giving you like monster masks. So like you can walk into monster camps with like, a mask on. So you look like, and then, like your face is popping out. It's like cosplay, and the monster just like, is that? Is that a brother or is that Link? I don't know. They don't attack you, but they're always curious. And I'm just walking around stealing their shit. It's great. They don't like it when you steal their shit, though. Um, man, just you can shield surf in that game. Uh, one cool thing is uh, you can put frozen meat on the bottom of your shield. And because it has like no friction, you can actually glide infinitely until it breaks. Uh, that's just a fun little neat mechanic. Just a great game. I'm discovering something new every day. Did you know you can make music in this game, Ben? Did you see that? Did you see that TikTok I shared where the dude was making music? This game's been out for like a month, and people are discovering that you can make music a month later. I'm like, bro, this game in a year is gonna be like, I again, this is on the Switch. I just it makes me excited for the future of video games. Speaking of, the only thing I really did this week was be excited about video games because from Thursday until Tuesday of this coming week has is Summer Game Fest, uh, and just so many great announcements they're all coming out this year or next year it's like the pandemic really f things up but like things are slowly starting to line up again uh xbox had a banger showcase man a banger showcase from beginning to end uh like all those games that they showed are also going to be on game pass so i'm like guess what that's 15 dollars i gotta spend that's not 600 dollars i gotta spend xbox is incredible are they making money i don't know they're microsoft they're probably doing fine uh video games guys they're cool the buzz is real no, we're not talking about Summer Game Fest in the news this week, but oh you guys God. will do a Basement Arcade pause menu special on them. This soon. would be a seven-hour episode. <laughs> there are, there's, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to cut shit, and I don't like cutting shit. But this was a spicy, a spicy Summer Game. I haven't event. seen everything yet, but I will not. I will tell you the amount of joy I had with a certain trailer starring a certain hedgehog had me just jump for joy. I'll tell you, Ben. People have not been playing that game. Maybe lower your excitement. Oh yeah. man, yeah, it is a four-player Sonic game is super cool. I'm the dog agrees, um, but like you know, it's it's made by Sonic Team and they literally just put out Sonic Frontiers, so like they're they're, yeah. they're either crunching this game or they're they're pooping it out. And either way, yeah. they're not not hearing the best things about it. But could be cheap and fun. Who knows? I, again, the the, the yeah. multiplayer aspect gets me excited. Yeah, that's me. I just just video games all week. Ben, you want to go next? Uh, I, yeah, you want to go next? You're the, you're, that's the only choice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one here. I'm the only one else. Go ahead, uh, Maximus Primal. Primal, whatever name is. Uh, yeah, pretty much I echo a lot with what Ryan said. Um, while I didn't watch a lot of the Summer Games Fest stuff, I saw some of the trailers secondhand, but um, Zelda came up. Or Zelda happened. Thus, I got lucky because I got this whole week off of work. I don't have to go back to work until Tuesday. So I'm just, I have just been relaxed, just trying to take care of myself. And playing a lot of Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, because just like Ryan said, the game is infinitely playable. It is game of the year this early for a reason. I'm constant every time I'm, every time I try to say I'm going to do a certain mission, I get distracted. 
but it's not a bad distraction. It's a good distraction because I'm still doing things. Like I told myself I was going to go and help the, I was going to go to Elden and go help the Gorons and do the fire temple. But then when I got to one of the Skyview Towers, I looked over and said, oh, hey, another Skyview Tower is just like right over there. I can just fly to it. So I did. And it was the one in Zora's Domain. I see all the sludge in Zora's Domain. I go, well, this can't stand. And for four hours straight, I do the entire Zora Domain yep. mission. Yep. I do the entire thing. I do the water dungeon or the water temple. I get the whole thing cleared out because... It's just I know I've said it before. It's like I'm home again, but seeing this, like seeing the Zora and seeing the characters again, it's like you have this feeling. It's like I gotta help my boy out. I gotta Sidon. help my friends. Oh my god, Brandon! In Breath of the Wild, there's this Zora guy named Sidon, and he's this big muscular himbo that, and like his whole thing with Link is like we're best friends. We're best friends. We're like such best friends. And then six years have been like it's it's like hasn't not been established by how long time has passed since the last game. But like people have put together and kids of ages, it's about six to eight years. There's a statue in the Zora Kingdom of of Sidon riding, and then Link's on his back going ha ha, and I'm like that's his boyfriend. You can't, you can't, yeah. you can't not help me. They made a statue like that, and that's not his boyfriend. Yeah, because uh, I mean, not only that, because Sidon, and because Sidon has already has a deep connection with Link because because his sister Mifa, who was one of the Guardians a hundred years ago, because these Zora people they can live for hundreds of years. They have a very long lifespan. Fishy. Uh, so because he's like, hey, you helped my sister. I'm gonna help you. They say the Zora's domain in uh, Breath of the Wild. So of course he's like, you're my best friend now. And then we go to the statue. It's like, oh hey, here's a stat. He's like, here's a statue of me inside on, and they put Mifa statue all the way on the top of the mountain. It's just like, ah. Oh. And, and like the whole time, I'm like, Sidon has like a like a wife girlfriend now, and even she's like, you know, like I he loves me and I love him, but you know, there's just something about Yarl's relationship, and I'm like, yeah, they're friends, all right. <laughs> and they she were roommates. Her girlfriend noticed it. And they were roommates. And they were roommates. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I remember I seen the the TikToks where it's like, "Wait, you're engaged to my boyfriend?" Because that's a Sidon's fiance. Yeah. yeah. Um. Who, but I, either way, just this game is fantastic. I made it to the Great Plateau, the starting area for the first game. I went to the area. Um. I went to a bunch of to like where I woke up. I found the Yiga clan there. Yeah. Um. I think I found I found the burial site for the last king of Hyrule where he was buried because there there's like a royal claymore stabbed in the ground and a stone that looked like a headstone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just the game is so immersive, yeah, and it's not just the story. It's not just the stories the game tells and through the like the main story with you doing the main quest. It's always the stories. It's also the story that you tell as you you're playing it, where you decide to go. Like, oh, I'm gonna go and do this these missions over here, or like with me, I thought I was gonna go to Death Mountain and help out the Gorons, but instead, I stop everything I'm doing to help out the Zora, and I just go help them, and I do their mission, I help them out, and now it's and now my main my main goal, what I'm gonna try and do is help out um, a village in the southeast with the pirate attack. But I'm also just trying to get shrines. I'm just trying to get stronger. I'm just trying to do all these quests and all these other side missions to get the great fairies to come out of their butts. It's just there's so much to do, but I don't feel like I've wasted any time doing it. Ben, did you just say to get the great fairies to come out of their butts? Buds. 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 B-U-D-S. I was like, whoa, what? Wild game. No, no, no. Uh, 
flower buds. They're giant flower no, buds. I'm, I'm, I guess. That's actually, uh, that is my probably my favorite set of side quests in the game. Uh, how you upgrade your armor in the game, there's these great fairies, and you go up to them, you give them a bunch of resources, and they're like, hey, we'll get, we'll, and they blow you kisses, and that enchants your armor, and it's like, oh, thanks, great fairy. Uh, <laughs> well, later but, on, later on, it gets a lot more uh, suggestions. You no, know, it does. I'll keep it PG for the, for the fucking podcast. Yeah, Ooh. but it's like, damn, damn. Um, uh, but the side quests to open up the buds are uh, this traveling group of musicians. The great fairies only like they only like listening to their music, so they won't open up until they they know they're around. So every musician is missing in the area, so you have to go find them. So all their little side quests are really fun, they're really inventive, they're very cute, and then they always play a cute little song when they're reunited. And I'm like, that's a, just a whole little package of a side quest. Uh, love it. Every yeah. time I find a new one, I think I found them all. But I'm like, can't wait to find where this guy is. Ooh, yes. Uh, real quickly, Mag is in the comments below. Ben, I'll pull it up. Um, okay. Mag is in the comments saying, uh, uh, here it comes. Hey, gang, happy Jurassic Park Day for 30 years. Yes, uh, today, uh, the, the, the day that we were recording, is the 30th anniversary of Jurassic Park, my favorite movie of all time. So, yes, happy Jurassic Park Day. No, no. Very cool. Uh, there's uh, some incredible new 30th anniversary merchandise at Universal Studios, and I want all of it. Mm. Oh, yeah. I bet they're, oh, yeah. They're going it's hardcore. awesome. And have you seen the 30th oh. anniversary logo? It's really cool. So it's it's the like the it's the logo, obviously. And then it's the when dinosaurs rule the earth banner. But, uh, but it says 30th anniversary. Oh, that's Lovely. cool. Yeah. I think there's been a new like Blu-ray 4K thing. Is that real? Too? They always do. I'm sure yeah. it's it, common. It looks, it looks cool. Yeah. There's a hundred. I need that. I only have the DVD fridge with the first Jurassic Park. I need that Blu-ray. I have the DVD and the Blu-ray. I will never get rid of my DVD copy because it's the because it's a really nice DVD copy when they made like really nice copies just for for whatever reason. And it mm-hmm. ha- it's the gates and they open up to reveal the DVDs. Yeah, that's cool. Like ne- a collector's item. I'll never get rid of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but pretty much that's pretty much all I did. Um, I like media wise, I just played transfer. I played Transformers. I played Tears of the Kingdom. Um, I stayed up way too late playing Tears of the Kingdom. If you follow me on Twitter, you know I've been staying up way too late playing Tears of the Kingdom. Um, only other thing that I thought was cool was I met up with Brandon over the weekend. We went to our Transformers together, and then we went to Hollywood, and we went to the Taco Bell Cantina, and I had an alcoholic Baja Blast, and it was delicious. Amazing. Yeah, the, the Hollywood Taco Bell Cantina is pretty cool. Uh, we also went to a, a vegan restaurant. Ben tried his first vegan Mac Melt. Yeah, not going to lie. That was pretty good, damn good. It's good Mac Melt. Oh, right. Yeah. Shall we get into our bread and butter then? Let's get right into it because we got a big news week. Um, not a lot of trailers and then some, some, some of the smaller stuff, but I think we're going to linger on some of the smaller stuff for a bit because the first thing we're going to talk about, sad news up top, uh, comic book writer and artist known as Ian McGinty passed away this week. He was 38 years old. Which is way, way too young. So here's some of the things oh, he worked on. That should be on. illegal how yeah, young that is. That's, that's our sure. age, basically. Yeah, it's not too far off. Uh, so he worked on titles like Invader Zim, Adventure Time, and his creator-owned book called Welcome to Showside. Welcome to Showside had just been picked up as an animated TV series where he played the, the, the main character and he provided art for it. Yeah. So. Uh, um, apparently, he, like, he was besides being incredibly loved by everybody like i i wasn't super familiar with his work just because i didn't read those books but like just from the love that everybody online is pouring like he was just like the nicest dude the greatest dude it's like the last tweet that he tweeted up before he passed was i just want to make comics with everyone yeah like that, that's and that's like 
like it sounds like like it's not confirmed like he's he died of like stress yeah like so... he was he was like overworked to death and he was 38 like he just he loved he his output of of one tweet one tweeter one person said like he he worked so hard i don't know how he was still alive and then like something like this actually happens and it's like that's ridiculous so like a lot of the, so like a lot of when a lot of people die there's a lot of there's an outpouring on twitter about his life and what he did and how how many people he touched and uh many 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 comic creators came out and talked about um how he was just constantly working how he was just constantly grinding constantly putting out pages and because of this he inadvertently launched the uh hashtag comics broke me on twitter which is a hashtag where comic book writers and artists have been talking about the predatory conditions of the comic book industry. Um, many of them will take advantage of kind people like Ian McGinty, uh, hardworking people like him, and uh, abuse that that passion for their own gain for very little money. You know, it kind of mm. kind of circles back to what we've been talking about a lot with the writer strike. How a lot of a lot of this is being a, it's a lot of work for very little money yeah um and so that so that's basically just kind of been allowing people to kind of see that the comic book industry ha you know has some problems that it needs to work out because more people no cause of death was given as ryan said people believe it was because he was stressed yeah um yeah that that comics broke me thing uh this week has been awful man mm -hmm. um because i follow so many so many comic people big and small and all of them especially a lot of the indie ones are like dude like none of us this isn't our full-time job we all have regular jobs none of us make money doing this and unless you're writing batman and then even in, in some cases that i read today like even in then case then cases like if you're if you're smaller scale or someone of color or a woman you're getting paid significantly less mm -hmm. there was one person who was like i don't care that i'm exposing this because i don't work there anymore but like at dc like they were they were telling people this is how much you're gonna get paid and then specifically telling someone of bigger scale you're gonna pay like 10 times more money mm -hmm. and it's just like what it's like you can't win and the thing about comics is like it is like the smallest of all these industries it is the most hobby centric niche industry like the highest selling comic these days sells 20 30 000 copies mm -hmm. a big number one will sell a hundred thousand if like you're a batman or spider-man but like Comics don't sell what they used to, like in the '90s anymore. So, like trying to break in, trying to trying to make any money, trying to stay relevant is impossible. Like it's truly impossible. And you know, this also goes back to what we've been talking about, like with the Marvel movies. That look, people who write these comics make billions of dollars for studios making movies based on these comics, but they're getting yeah. what did the what did the what did Ebru Baker get? Like a twenty-five thousand dollar check? No, he got five thousand dollars. Like a five thousand dollar check, like for yeah. for the Winter Soldier. Yeah, like yeah. ridiculous. Um, a movie that made almost a billion dollars—that's ridiculous. Yeah, and no, like, hey, you'll get like point zero one percent of the of of like of like the, the, the you know like any and just anything. Yeah. And like five thousand dollars, this might seem like a lot of money to some people, but in in relative in relative to the you know eight hundred million dollars made at the box office or the twenty million dollars all of the actors made, like. It's just like it's like what are we what are we doing? Why why don't we value people who create yeah. things, write things? It's again, it's it all staples back to just like why don't we just like why don't we care about the people who make things? Right, and you know that also that you know there's a lot of talk about like like, like um oh sorry, I wanted to talk about Substack. You know this is why so many creators went to Substack, right? Because Substack offered them a big check up front and said, hey, come over here, do creator owned, you get to pr charge your prices. For someone making forty cents a page, that sounds great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, like when we when all that Substack stuff was announced, like none of us 
uh begrudge the writers because like oh. they don't get paid shit like like i i i want all of my favorite people to get paid what they're doing like if they have to go to other companies and they have to be uh or they have to do a patreon like that is unfortunately like right now like uh, direct to consumer is like the way to go for so many creative outlets because like you're not getting served by the bigger markets like I, I at this point like i the amount of streaming services and patreons i have like i i i'm spending so much money because i want to support so many people because it's like i it, i i'd want someone to support me if i'm putting out something you know what i mean like it's just like i want to i know how hard it is and i can't support everyone uh it's really hard it's just a hard arts arts hard it's with jeff lemire when he went to substack when he brought black hammer to substack i was like that's great for you i'll pick up those trades though yeah but, but, and but i still go into him yeah Absolutely. And as long as specifically with comic books, right? Like comic books are, there is a big digital market, but as long as those things still hit physical shelves, like that is the bread and butter. Like those people want those physical comics, whether they're trades or floppies. Yeah. That is why there's still a floppy market because people, there is just enough incentive to keep the floppy market around. There will be one day, you know, decade, I don't think it's going to be soon, but the decades from now, like where the floppy market will go away, but like comic books are never going to go away. Yeah. Uh, uh, but like, how many comic artists are still going to be around for that kind of stuff, right? Like, is it going to get smaller, diminishing returns where it's only it's only Jeff Lemire and Brian Michael Bendis writing comics because they're established names and no one could break in anymore? And everyone like, else just, is a freelancer. Everyone's a freelancer, yeah. And like, it's and again, like, uh, so many great interviews go around. There's there's always ebbs and flows of things, you know. Like like uh, the strike will eventually end, hopefully in favor of of the of, of the writers and like uh big books will come out and like comics will have a boom like this always happens again but like it's just like right now it's particularly horrible for everybody so it's just like we really feel it i know this guy was mostly in the independent market um and you know and he worked so hard because he loved doing what he did and you know making a show making an animated show based off a comic book that you created and starring in it is incredible it probably put a lot of stress on him but yeah and so like i so like i i i, I get that but the in, the people who work at like Image or Dark Horse, they don't get. The, I don't expect Dark Horse or Image to give them the payday that Marvel and DC does. Marvel and DC don't have an excuse in my head because they're yeah. owned by billion dollar companies. Yeah, and like at this point, both I think well, Kevin Feige I think has a better understanding and love of comics than maybe like the Warner Brothers people, but yeah. like all comics are at this point are our ip machines mm -hmm. like they are they are the stories that we will be telling in five to ten years in the movies and that that is always fine because like there were again we will always get great comic books it's not to say that like oh now that they're just ip machines there's not going to be less effort like no there's some people who want to make comics yeah. it's just now those people upstairs want to take your idea and not pay you for it uh and we got to find a way to fix that with hope yeah all you'll get is a uh, a special thanks in the credits and like you said with that brubaker a five thousand dollar check and even then like he he's a lucky one uh uh not everyone gets that check yeah remember mm -hmm. so so you know as ryan was saying kind of reminded me like you know there's probably a silver lining for dc and that james gunn um you know james yeah. gunn loves comics he put john ostrander he gave john ostrander a speaking role in the suicide squad so he'll get residuals yeah. uh which he wouldn't but for being the creator of the suicide squad um yeah, absolutely and so the far bigger payday for john ostrander which is excellent and if you look at every single dc trailer that's released since james gunn took over there is always a title card with hey you like this read these comics every yeah. single mm -hmm. time and absolutely yeah. if anyone can change that system i think it's him yeah i can uh uh at least on the yeah the warner brothers side i'm not i'm not too worried for the future uh because that dude loves comics and supports comics yeah. so like uh again these things have ebb and flow ebbs and flows so like hopefully we'll be in a better spot 
you know, in a year. From I hope now. this. I hope something. It sucks that something like this had to happen, but I hope something like this actually does create the wave of change. You know, it's tough for comic book writers. They can't go on a strike like the like the WGA. Um, no, yeah, it's it's a world of freelancers. Like it's yeah. it's crazy. And yeah. if they could, I'm sure they would be on strike. But hopefully, this kind of creates the groundswell of support of like, hey, let's let's change this. It's like uh, 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 the the guy who did Berserk, Kentaro Muro. He died. He 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 died of, of doing stress. Like manga yeah, the same reason. The most, they they work hard, not harder than comic. They work. They like they stress themselves more because yeah. like their culture is like work hard nonstop. And I'm like, guys, take a break, yeah. chill. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Grayson's in the comment. <clears throat> Grayson's in the in the chat saying, "I was going to say I like the fact that James is referencing the comics. He's giving yes, me hope. I hope so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's move on. Um. Ryan, the Iron Sheik, he passed away this week at the age of 81. Oh, man, I didn't know that. Oh, that's a shame. That dude, man, I don't, I doubt you guys followed him on Twitter, but that dude is someone who, uh, he wrote everything in all caps all the time. He had a huge feud with Hulk Hogan because Hulk, Hulk Hogan sucks. And he just nonstop, anytime he had a chance, he would just shit on shit all over Hulk Hogan for no good reason. So uh, rest up. He was a great personality, you know, Every wrestler has baggage. He probably has some bad stuff he did in the past. I don't know about any of it. You know, I'm sure you know everybody's everybody has skeletons in closet. Uh, that dude is a crazy fun wrestler from the '80s. So like, uh, '81 man, yeah. long life. I thought you'd be interested in talking about that. Yeah, I just I didn't I didn't realize it passed. Yeah, thank you. Strike update. Um, SAG AFTRA has voted 97.91 percent in favor of a strike authorization on oh. Wednesday. They began negotiations. Oh, baby, it's getting real. So, directors, where you at? And uh, like, it looks like the directors guild, is, the members of the directors guild, are voting overwhelmingly no on that proposed contract. Getting spicy over in Hollywood. Um, the Netflix guys are like, Stranger Things needs to be filming soon. I'm, I, I think we're, I think we're close to a general strike, you guys. Damn, dude, all, dude, that's so crazy for all of Hollywood. Just like, no, we're all in solidarity. Yeah. All Hollywood striking. I'm going to strike. All it would take is the directors and the actors, because what are you going to do? He can't, he literally can't do anything without them. I want to see a, a CEO just be like, he's on set. Like, I'll do everything. Yeah, right. I'll be the boom man. And that, w- that uh, would mean James Gunn would have to strike. Oh, I think he, yeah, I think he already, he already said that he's not doing anything for Superman Legacy. He stopped. He's not writing anything for Superman Legacy. So he's still the director. He's, writing, he's still yeah, the director. Yeah. So he can still do. Yeah. 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 I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's like, hey, I've waited this long. I could wait a little bit longer, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, ooh, this is a great. Uh, uh, so Remap Radio, which is the 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 uh, Phoenix Reborn version of Waypoint Radio, which closed down because Vice is going into bankruptcy. Um, they had Adam Conover of Adam Ruins Everything uh, and a bunch of other great things. He's worked with Vice and Waypoint in the past before. He's a great guy. He's one part of the WGA. He's a board director member, and he's also part of the the actors. He's part of all of it because he's he's a he's a one man talent. He does everything. Uh, he's on episode two because they just launched episode two of the re, the Remap Radio. Uh, 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 episode number two sorry they don't have an episode title or anything but for an hour he goes into detail about why they're striking uh what they want what's happening uh why they're fighting against it the streaming stuff uh it's really really enlightening uh uh you can just skip right to the time code if you just want to listen to that part it's really great it's someone who's on the picket line fence every day talking about the shit it's really really cool that's awesome Uh, i'll definitely check that out uh side note i'm really glad they did they were able to come together for a new podcast yes 
it happened uh because they had a month in advance like they like hey you're getting laid off in a month so they're like okay cool we need to have something figured out mm-hmm. uh and they they worked it out and it's a uh, success good comic book movie news do we want the bad news first or the good news first give me the bad news and end, end it high okay namor himself to not oh this one's awful shit <laughs> Oh. You said, God bless America. Uh, Tina Cuerta has been accused of sexual assault by a woman named Maria Elena Rios. And before we get into it, I'm just going to say who she is. Uh, she is a 29 year old saxophonist who her former boyfriend, who was a politician, hired a man to splash acid on her face and body, a crime for which they both went to jail for. Um, she, in a series of tweets, uh, she claimed that the company Poder, uh, Prieto, yeah, Prieto, uh, published a podcast that she was on that she that she was on and featured her without paying her. The response was deleting the podcast and saying, "No, we didn't," uh, which is mm-hmm. dumb. Uh, and in that same thread, they said that this company protects the violent and sexual predator Tinacuerta. Yeah, um, that that politician thing is also interesting because uh, she's also uh, she's like an activist fighting to change a law uh, uh, in mm-hmm. Mexico where um, if acid gets thrown at you, it's not it's not uh, attempted murder. It's just like a felony. And that's like on purpose for like political like murder yeah. shit. <laughs> it's awful. It's like it's like two faced shit and you don't go to jail for like they go to jail, but they don't get in jail for life for trying to kill mm-hmm. someone. It's like, oh, you get a slap on the wrist. Uh, so that's awful. Uh, this lady. I'm so sorry. What a life. Uh, uh, just uh, a cool saxophonist too. Like, man, uh, men are awful. Uh, obviously believe women. There's no reason not to believe her. Uh, uh, I've also heard like, it's when these, man, it's the same thing with like Jonathan Majors. Like when something like this happens and it, it's, it's unfortunate, like tons of stuff erupts out of it. Like apparently this is like a well-known thing in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 he sleeps with fans. Apparently, like he's like he's like a big oh, I didn't hear that. person, yeah. and like that's not necessarily the worst. Like that's not awful, but it's also not great either when you're a huge celebrity. So like, it's just like one of the things. Like oh oh, he another asshole. God, that sucks, yeah. man. That is the important thing is to, as Ryan said, believe women. It is not where does the MCU go from here. Um, but it is, but it is, you know, it is. It really sucks when someone like Tenet Cuarta, John of the Majors, was talked about a few weeks ago gets these kind of big Marvel breaks and they are beloved for them. And yeah. then it has to be revealed that they're monsters like that. Yeah. That's heartbreaking for, for fans of these, of yeah. these franchises, especially if you're on the right side of history. Um, yeah. And it just, it, it just feels icky and it just sucks. And as Ryan, yeah. Ryan and said it, so eloquently men suck. And it's, it's just one of those things where like, every, it feels like every day now, it's just like, like stand culture it's like man don't like try not to become too attached to celebrities because like unless you're like a keanu reeves or tom hanks like i just like people and people are people and like everyone could have the best of intentions but sometimes people aren't good and then they get really famous and it's like it's it's hard like separating the art from the artist like it's it's with social media and how quick information could come out and just like it's 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 it gets harder every every day you know the fact that they're both minority uh, 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 actors. You know it. It kind yeah. of extra sucks because, you know, it, this isn't how I feel and this isn't how we feel. But like, there's a, a a shitty part of the general public that 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 you know it's the Will Smith slap. Oh, Will Smith was was great, and then he slapped someone. Oh, he's terrible. He's blackballed for decades for a crime less than what Ezra Miller did. <laughs> and that mm-hmm. I that that Will Smith thing is is 
the worst thing to happen to humanity. Like people overreacted, and then so many worse things have happened. And like, man, you treated him like he killed somebody. I, 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 no, I don't believe. I don't understand it. Yeah. Uh, the world's crazy. Uh, and so you know, it's like you know, this does this this kind of paints a picture of like every like this whole this whole people could start spinning this as this whole race is bad, and that yeah. It just it just really sucks, especially because he was so hot after that after that movie. People were thirsting after him. Yeah, and he's great in that movie. It just well, here's the thing: Marvel will just have to try really hard and find another really hot hot dude, and I'm sure they could do it. I'm sure you know what? There's plenty of hotties who can put those. You know what? They've done it. They've done it so far. Every year they find a new hottie. Who's whoever that casting lady is? I'm sure she can find someone like lickety split. Yeah. Yeah. Um, someone's got to look good in those speedos, though. Yeah, if I if you know if I had a, if a, a tan, my, no, my butt's not as good. I'll never be as good for anymore. No, it's not good enough for anymore. Anyway, it that that you know that sucks. Hope uh, you know believe women. Hope something better comes from this. Yeah, yeah. Just hey guys, just don't 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 be bad. Just don't don't, don't be, be dicks. Bad. Don't be a dick. Don't be ben. A dick. Don't, don't be a dick. dick. No, you got to do the point. Don't be a dick. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, all right so some good news then uh batman the brave and the bold uh andy muschietti is in talks to direct oh is this good news is this good news the flash, the flash? oh yeah is this good news i think so he directed the flash no but like the batman stuff in the flash looks pretty cool no it does it does it's just like i don't know if i want because especially if it's going to be a new batman like mm-hmm. I don't want one director to have to have reign over everything. That's I thought that was the whole point of the James Gunn thing. Like, oh, you know, every like different directions, different styles. If it's Andy Muschietti, then we're keeping a similar thing going on. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and I mean, like the Flash, like whether it's good or not, but like I would want someone to do something different, like like for Batman's tone, and not that Andy can't do it, but it is the same filmmaker making a a completely different character. Yeah. Um, and like again, I'm sure it could be great, but like I was just hoping it'd be like a different, like crazy new filmmaker that we can get. Uh, but I'm sure it could be great. Yeah. So, I mean, you're right. You're so far we have James Gunn and uh, we know some of the writers, but we're not, not a lot of directors. And then he would be, Oh, James Mangold on the Swamp Thing. Hopefully. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like that's awesome. Yeah. 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 yeah that's a good point. I, I like what I'm seeing so far. The flash. We won't know until this coming week. Um, how good. I'm, 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 I'm still jazzed for it. Yeah. Um, so on first glance, I'm actually kind of interested in this idea because giving him kind of free reign to start with a new Batman, his own picked Batman, could be pretty interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and and I do like the visual style of the Flash. So like, uh, uh, if it was him, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it. I'm sure that again, like having free reign to like you know start from fresh instead of like be beholden to like how many years of production at this point mm-hmm. with that Flash movie and two um, and two well already established Batman. Yeah. Um, and that movie apparently that movie's good and he's doing that that's i must take it that must take a lot so yeah yeah that's cool maybe this is his reward like <laughs> man you pull that shit off you get a batman <laughs> you, here you go you get a batman you get a batman you get a batman, get a batman. <laughs> and the robin um yeah so we'll see what, let's see where that goes you know uh as, as of now there's nothing in production as far as batman the brave and the bold so we'll see well that's so crazy that we're getting like a, a live action brave and the bold and it's going to be like the fam that's I'm great. so excited that's so good. Captain America, New World Order. Oh, sorry. They have changed the name to Captain America, Brave New World. That's probably for the best. Probably. Probably. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, 
New World Order is anti-Semitic and it refers to the cabal of the Illuminati who run the world. And in this specific case, it's a bunch of Jewish people uh, and it's not good. So we shouldn't use it anymore. So yeah. this is a little more, you know, you know similar idea. And it's a little still about a new world-ish thing. It's a new, it's kind of a positive spin. Like the brave new world is Sam as Captain America. Yeah. Or, or yeah. it's the brave new world of everyone's going to be a Hulk. <laughs> Why doesn't Harrison Ford have a mustache? I hope it's CG. I really, really do. <laughs> I hope I hope they're just like, he has to have it. And Harrison's like, no. <laughs> All right, we'll All put right. it in post. He won't know. He'll never watch the movie. He'll never even know until <laughs> interviews. He'll probably just like go to the premiere and then just walk out the back door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, fir- the, first, like, uh... the first shot of the movie is him shaving it. Like the first shot of Endgame is Captain America shaving his beard. Oh my God. <laughs> That's to show you that he's not the same the same uh, person character as as William Hurt. So he's like, I'm not that Ross anymore. Yeah, I gotta disguise my Hulkness. God, if he actually <laughs> did that, as, as in, like I would be okay with that because that's so stupid. <laughs> I yeah. hate the mustache now. Grace and live in the chat, but if you want to bring that up, uh, stand by for Brave and the Bold two, directed by FNP. I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. I will. I'll be. I'll be wrong. Continues with since everyone gets a Batman. I have movie. I have a script. I have a Batman movie script that I wrote in college. I'll just dust you that do. off. You do. I re- I read that. It's it's Death of the Family. I just copied Death of the Family. <laughs> it was for my adaptation class. Mm, oh, okay. Yeah. Speaking of comic books, though, got a lot of comic book news here, and I'm going to start with the silliest. There is a comic book. Ben, you'll love this. Um, there is a comic book one shot kind of anthology coming out called Serial. Okay. And it is spelled the way, you know, like you eat cereal. Mm-hmm. So apparently Mark Russell and Peter uh, Snayberg, Snayberg, um, S-N-E-J, Berg, mm-hmm. uh, they have been writing a horror comic, uh, a horror anthology comic um, uh, in, in the pages of Edgar Allan Poe's Snifter of Terror, based on the General Mills horror mascots, Frankenberry, Count Chocula, Booberry or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Mark Russell's a genius, so I'm already I'm into it. So he has been apparently been doing this for five years. Um, I had no idea. No. And now they will all be collected in a in an anthology title that will collect the entire story in serial, um, with three new tales to wrap up the story. Wow. I'm like, that's... I think that's awesome. I really want that. Oh, that's hilarious. He like reimagines them as horror characters. So, you know, Mark Russell did um, uh, Flintstones, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Snaggle Yep. Yeah. Both those books are really good and really like, you know, they twist this, the source material on its head, make it a little bit darker. This is really cool. I really like Mark Russell and I'm kind of really interested in this. Oh, that's going to be a future book club. Oh, yeah. 100%. I might pick oh, it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly looking forward to this. It's going to be out in October. So stay tuned. Oh, of course it is. I thought I had uh, a Mark yeah. Russell book. I did it. No Mark Russell book here. Uh, but you've read plenty. Oh, yes. I just thought I had one on hand. I was like, uh, is, what's, the, what's the newest one? Because there was one. Um, oh, God. I haven't read a new DC book in a while, but it was like One Star Squadron. It was like the oh, Red yeah. Tornado and shit. And I was like, I thought I had that here, but I'm like, that's gone. I don't know where that is. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, that's the silly one. That's the kind. That's the silly kind of cool one. I'm into it. Uh, the rest are Birds of Prey. Neat. Written by Kelly Thompson with art by Leonardo uh, Romero and Jody Belair. Yeah, it's going to be. A... It's great. 
there's going to be an ongoing title uh, that will have a rotating cast every arc. But the debut cast will be Black Canary, Batgirl, uh, Stephanie Brown, Batgirl, Big Barda, Zealot, and Harley Quinn. Ooh, it's a good team. Good team. A lot of fun. This was a fun... uh, Kelly Thompson doesn't do a lot of, like... uh, She's done some uh, uh, DC stuff, but, like, this is, like, an ongoing. And, like, like, it's getting a lot of buzz. Because, one, Kelly Thompson rules anything she writes at Marvel I love. So, like, her doing a big DC thing makes me excited. It's a big new initiative with the Birds of Prey. Uh, Harley's on it. I'm fine with that. I'm a new Harley lover. New as it hasn't been like years now since that's happened. Kelly Thompson writing Harley yeah. has me interested. Yeah. Yeah. She's so, yeah. Like I'm so excited for her version of Harley for sure. Uh, um, I think the team's big Barda being on the birds Prey is really fun. Cause big Barda is like, just a, a, a big funny character and she's really strong. And I can't wait to see like, who are you going to fight with big Barda on the team? She can kill everybody. Um, <laughs> I mean, so it's, it's, really it's cool. Big and the art the art's going to be sensational. Uh, it's great. Like I'll, I'll have to go to the comic store. Like I want to support this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one. I really like the Birds of Prey as a concept, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm glad they're bringing it back. And Kelly Thompson, I think, is the perfect person. And these are the perfect characters for her. Yeah. I There's um, one who there's one character I'm not familiar with. Zealot? Zealot, yeah. I'm sure, I think that's a newer Me character. Or an old Or like an old school character, but I uh, can't wait to find out more. Yeah. Well, it took him long enough, but the Predator and Wolverine are going to clash. Hey, bub, uh, get that laser off me. Wolverine, uh, Predator versus the Wolverine, sorry, Predator versus Wolverine, uh, will be written by Benjamin Percy, who is writing the Wolverine ongoing. Oh, yeah. With art by Andrea DeVito, Ken Lashley, Kay Zama, Greg Land, and more. We don't know more. Oh, that's a lot. That's a lot of people. Okay. Benjamin Percy is a damn good Wolverine writer. When I was reading Wolverine monthly, I loved those books. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, not that he's a, he's a great writer, but he's, he's written a lot of the other books i thought it was going to be ed brisson so uh, uh the predator books i'm sorry the predator mm-hmm. uh, new ongoing and stuff so i was i thought it was going to be him but the fact that it's been person makes me really excited because that dude's just sensational i love i love his work because yeah his wolverine ben is great x-force um his ghost rider great yeah i've started his ghost rider yet but i've heard good things uh, <laughs> mag is in the in the chat <laughs> let, let them, them fight, fight. <laughs> uh you made a little old sarazawa let them fight action i loved i used to love it when he said that no, you kidding me? That's what I say hey. every time I'm watching uh, um, clips from the Stanley Cup final with the Panthers and Go Knights. Every time they want to fight, I'm like, let them fight. Ben clearly does not remember uh, the legendary character that I can't remember the actor's I... name. Bradley Whitford played in Godzilla King of the Monsters. Legendary. Because that's his line. I quoted him directly. Uh... <laughs> the, the the old Sarazawa let them fight action. I used to love when yeah. he said that. Rick. That's his name. It's Rick something. Yep. Uh, whatever. Rick, Rick Poncho. Is it really? No, I don't know. Oh. I, <laughs> I, was like, you, you, I thought you were looking at your phone. No, it's all right. I just got it. I just got it. I like... um, so this is going to be out in September. And it's, you know, it's about the Predator from Wolverine fighting. So cool. I'm sure that'll be a, a darn, a darn good time. Yeah. Ultimate Universe. Yes. We know that Ultimate Invasion is coming uh, from Jonathan Hickman and Brian Hitch. Hitch. Thank you. Um, I went through every, every Brian last night. <laughs> I knew. Rolodex. There's a lot. Um, we know that four issue miniseries is going to happen, but spinning out of that will be this one shot, Ultimate Universe number one, written by Jonathan Hickman with art by Stefano Caselli. Oh, god, so good. This is going to be a one shot that will launch a new line of Ultimate Comics. Uh, so all everything's spinning out of this. Little, and I'll read the description a little bit. 
after the maker after the maker's desperate attempt to restore the ultimate universe unleashes massive unintended consequences a group of marvel's heroes are caught in a war between timelines as universes collide the foundation of a new line of ultimate comics will be built it's like a so, it's, al- it's like a, it's almost like a mini secret wars <laughs> yeah it, do- it does kind of feel that way because it's it's and they're talking about this being like you know if you never read the old ultimate comics you can just come here and yep. this will be a new launching point, which explains why so many of the dead characters are alive again. Yes, uh, that's definitely confusing because, like, like th- that's what was fun about the Ultimate Comics, and also like the downfall because, like, oh, we can kill everybody, so they kind of just did, and they're like, mm-hmm. who do we have left? So yeah, kind of Wolverine's uh, son. Yeah, uh, J- James, Jimmy, Jonathan. Um, this is really, really exciting. Not, not really because it's the Ultimate Universe, um, but because this is going to be a fresh new slate of Marvel comic books. Where it's going to be all the characters you know, but it's truly going to be like these are actual number ones. Where wh- whether whether how how much origin story will be there or not, I don't even know. Like I, I wonder, will it be f- just like five years into this new Ultimate World? Like they can do that; they'll be cool. But like just a brand new universe with a with a hopefully a great set of writers. Uh, uh, hopefully, like the Krakoa thing, keep it interconnected so all the books are like you know tied together that make sense. So you can do a big event together. Like hopefully, this will be a brand new cool line where like if you're kind of fed up with what's happening over there, we got a whole other thing happening building up over here, baby. Um, and because it's it's its own thing, it can be different. It can be weird. Since the Ultimate Universe ended and came back and ended and came back, like so many new characters have been around, and they're all going to get their own universe, like uh, Ultimate version uh, created. So like that's really fun, and I'm all about that shit. So like as long as the creators are there, and you got Hickman involved, so like you know, um, he's going to get the good people. So uh, uh, I'm excited, man. This is a this is a really weird question that I thought of, so I'm just going to throw it out there. Do we think Miles goes back? Um, he's pretty well established in six one six right now. I don't imagine, he is. but he, but I see him on the covers a lot for these books because he's associated with the Ultimate Comics. Yeah, so I wonder, I, is, that, is that them hinting that maybe he goes back? I, I, I want to say, I'm going to say yes because one, um, no matter how good Miles' book is, like the fact that there are multiple spy- multiple Spider Men in six one six in New York, like he just doesn't have as much freedom to be himself or or uh uh just like the limelight isn't on him like it should be like he mm-hmm. should just be this he should just be spider-man you know we've we talked we talked about this to death but like peter should like he should be with a family and he can still be spider-man but miles should be the dude right um, and it'll be his teenage journey for the next 50 years should be the journey um that can now happen in this other universe it should just be in the 616 but like the world won't let that happen and that, that sucks i just wish yeah. it could be um, but if there is a world where he can be the one and only Spider-Man, I hope that that can be true. That'd be great. Part of the reason why I ask is because um, Miles and Gwen have this have a similar prob- problem that they're just another spider in 616. And yeah. I would really like it for, honestly, I think it'd be better for both of them. And selfishly, I want Gwen to go back to their mm-hmm. own universes because I just think that's those co- those those comics are allowed to kind of be electrifying and new and different and bold and fun. And they're not beholden to the six one six universe. And like again, yeah. like I'm, I, I have, I'm not fully caught up because Marvel Unlimited is great. Like it's three, it's like three months. Like that Miles comic's great, but like he's fighting, like he's fighting the Rhino and shit. And I'm like, this comic is cool, but like he did fight the Ultimate Goblin again. That's where a lot of the Ultimate stuff is coming back. We're like, okay, that's pretty sick. Why is the Ultimate Goblin back? But like it, it's like his big debut comic number one is like I'm fighting the Rhino, and I'm like, cool, that's Peter's villain from fifty years ago. Like yeah. what, what are we doing? <laughs> and the you mentioned the Ultimate comics coming back, like. 
there's been a few times where the Ultimate Comics has been like, hey, we're kind of bringing it back. Spider-Man 2 ends it ends with it, um, yeah. where we see probably a Ultimate Ironheart, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Venom, Venom, the final episode of Venom that had the maker had him going to the Ultimate Universe and it was all destroyed and whatnot. And he, um, that's what he's been doing is like building that shit up, yeah. Yeah, and so like, so it, it's, I'm so curious to know like where, how this builds builds from what we've seen if it does uh that's like my biggest question like is it going to be like pretend those two appearances didn't happen and this is new or is it building to that be interesting to see man that's actually a good question uh i i i have a feeling it'll be like it'll be like hey these i did those things but don't worry about it you know it's comics like you can you, you can believe it happened before or not whatever it doesn't matter um like I, I, like you know, I, I think it, it could all. I think it make it work for me. Um, yeah. I'm just excited that like the Maker's back because that dude's radical. I love Evil Reed Richards. That dude's an ass. What an ass. I, I really him. like. I really like the Maker. I'm glad he's big back. old, big old head. <laughs> okay, Avengers Inc. So this is going to be a noir inspired story starring the Wasp and a mysterious undead man going by Victor Shade. Who's writing it? You may ask. The one and only Al Ewing, the most overworked man. The, I, the, I'm so not worried about this book being being. I'm not worried about this book being bad. It's gonna be great. But like that dude is doing a lot now, and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. you're reaching that bend this point. We're writing like six books, dude. And I hope it doesn't affect his quality because Immortal Thor, I'm really excited about. Exactly. He, we just announced a new book like two weeks ago. So this is an ongoing. Interestingly enough, this is not yeah. a miniseries. It's yeah. an ongoing uh, written by Al Ewing with art by Leonard Kirk. Oh, that's so good. Um, so the stars, the wasp, which makes me now go, okay, now I actually have to read, not that I wasn't, but I have to read a quicker, that Ant-Man and that wasp miniseries that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, cause that dude apparently like fell in love with all that shit. He's like, I want to do more with the wasp, which is great. Um, so that's cool, man. Like a noir, a noir story, uh, with like, you know, spy Janet, I, I could be into that. I mean, again, anything Al Ewing writes the toilet paper, I'll, I'll write the toilet paper. I'll, I'll read it. <laughs> he, um, someone posted on Twitter was like, you know, he, you know, Al Ewing, you could just get the, the main Avengers title at this point. It's like, I think he knows that, but he's more interested in doing these side Avengers stories. Cause um, what was the one he did before secret wars? Mighty Avengers. Might, yeah, yeah. Great book. Um, benefit from not being the main Avengers book. And then here, kind of the same thing. Like it's Avengers Inc. where you can do like this noir story. Like, yeah. you know, he can't really do that on, on the main Avengers title. He did the ultimates. He did ultimates. Yeah. He's oh, a man, man. of many I love his ultimates run. It's so good. That dude is, the, he is the best in the business right now. Yeah. Cool. So that'll be out in September. We're all excited about it. Yeah. Okay. So uh, this, I left off the news a few, a few months ago, weeks ago probably closer to months uh, because I didn't think it sounded very interesting, but now I'm going to bring it back. So Robert Kirkman is writing a new ongoing title called void rivals. Uh, this is going to be his new creator owned title in the same band as oblivion song, invincible walking dead, everything he does published through his company skybound. He's doing this book, but with uh, art by Lorenzo De Felici who did oblivion song with him. Now, um, like I said, it's from skybound and this is going to be about uh, two rivals, Derek and Salida, who crash land on a desolate planet orbiting a black hole. And there's like mysteries and to be found in this planet. And then the image solicit said, this will be the biggest surprise you'll ever see in comics. That surprise has been spoiled. This is why I'm bringing it back. So now oh. we know, now we know that Robert Kirkman has gained the rights 
to Transformers and G.I. Joe. Wow. So this he, comic isn't out yet. This comic is not out yet. Well, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it could have been leaked by Image, honestly, because probably there wasn't a lot of um, Oblivion Song didn't do great numbers for Image. Yeah. Um, and so maybe the numbers weren't quite there. And so they were like, hey, maybe if they leak this, this will be. This will right. kind of build the thing. So um, Transformers and G.I. Joe, as we know, left IDW last year. And they and we weren't sure who was getting them, but I but we did hear through the grapevine that Skybound was looking to purchase them because of how big of a fan Robert Kirkman is. Looks like he got them. Damn, that dude's got money. Yeah. yeah. So he so Skybound is the new owner is the new home for Transformers and GI Joe, and they will debut in a new shared universe started by this new ongoing Void Rivals. Wow, a shared universe of Transformers and GI Joe. I could never imagine that happening. I know, right? So, so the the interesting thing is not necessarily the GI Joe Transformers is that he's like he put his new character in a universe with them, yeah. Um, which is hey baller move, dude. If you I'd do it. Yeah. Yo, man, he was like, you know what? I really like Transformers and GI Joe. I'm like a I'm like a literal billionaire. I'm just I I can buy Transformers. Done it. I'm writing a comic, baby. Like that's yeah. the that's that is the dream. So he so he so. The new Transformers line will leave from Void Rivals, making Void Rivals the an ongoing series in the Transformers universe. Then it will spin out of then it will spin out Transformers number one, which will be out in October, Duke number one, which will be out in December, and Cobra Commander number one, which will be out in January. Cobra. So I assume Kirkman is writing Transformers, but we don't have the list of who's writing these books yet. Yeah, that is one really interesting. I understand why they'd want this to come out before the comic comes out, I guess, to build hype for that comic. That makes yeah. sense. Uh, it is super cool that it's like these two guys are just like having a battle and then oops, there's Optimus Prime. <laughs> oops, Optimus Prime. <laughs> also the Cobra Commander. Yeah. Uh, that's what's really, really funny. Um, that's totally cool. Like I'm totally like that sounds just a, a, like a, a fun comic book. There's no, like those that, that makes sense to me to, uh, yeah. the void, the red rivals thing. That sounds just like a fun concept on its own, but then spinning out of it is a new initiative for the entirety of transformers and J. Joe. And like, wow, I didn't see that one coming. Okay. This is going to be skybound's first licensed comic. Uh, and it cut in that way. It seems fitting that spitting out that this licensed comic spitting out of a creator owned comic. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I, I just the way I see it is like this is just fun comic book shit. This sure, is, yeah. To me, like the, the fact that Robert Kirkman got the the rights to GI Joe and Transformers, awesome, kick ass. And now he's like, hey, I could do. It's like, it's the type of thing where it's like I've had these stories I want to tell for the longest time, and now I'm able to finally tell them. You bet and your ass. If I ever found myself with the rights of Pe- Alien and Predator, I would write a better version of my Alien versus Predator fan fiction I wrote in the nineties. <laughs> Um, if I had the rights to Sonic the Hedgehog, you know I'd be writing some good Sonic oh, books. Yeah, Skydance is owned by Paramount. Yeah, that makes sense. No, Skybound. Skydance is J.J. Abrams' company. Oh, whatever I said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Skybound, like, yeah. I bet you, I bet you, uh, uh, it's just funny that we watched the movie and then this thing announced and I'm like, man, there's some synergy going to be happening. That's really fun. That's crazy. Yeah, accidental synergy just came out before yeah. the movie, but it's funny. Yeah. Ooh, Paramount. <laughs> Um, I'm honestly like, I'm kind of really excited to read a, to, I don't know if I will, but it excites me to know that I could probably jump in on a new Transformers initiative at a number one. Yeah, I yeah. will. 
I don't know if there's anything in the world besides you guys picking it for the book club that can make me read a G.I. Joe comic. Not for <laughs> any, not for any like quality reasons. Just like, I just, I'd rather read something else. Yeah. I'll read a Transformers comic, sure. I don't need to read about military men doing that. Like I read enough comic books already. I don't need that one. Yo, Joe. Yo, Joe. Um, Yo, Joe. The, uh, oh, the, the Transformers one. Um, yeah, I hope that I'll, I have one last thought on it. And I just hope that, that Robert Kirkman keeps a uh, developing Starscream into a cool character because he's had a really interesting trajectory and I want to see that continue. Oh, that's so interesting. Wonder, I wonder, man, I wonder if they'll like start at a point or do something new or like, it's been 20 years since the last adventure and everyone's in a new place and we have to learn it slowly over time. Like, I'm so curious, like what his like, like the first time we see them, what, what's the state of that world going to be? That's what yeah. I'm interested in. All right, that's all the comic book news. So let's move on. Bye, comics. Amazon Prime is launching a so Prime Video. Sorry, not Amazon Prime. Prime Video is launching a cheaper ad-supported tier. Uh, uh, so, of course yeah. Well, I mean, look what we're seeing with the WGA strike. Like, it's it, it's beneficial because they can make money off of this because they're not making money anywhere else. Right. Right. Well, the thing, but they're owned by Amazon. The billion dollar company they're fine well yeah i mean there is also that um this maybe... is no this is literally no big deal whatsoever yeah, some people yeah. don't want to spend the extra money and they don't mind watching two minutes of ads if you want to save a couple bucks that's no big deal yeah you're not gonna if you're not gonna use it don't worry about it just keep paying five yeah. more bucks no big deal it's just honestly for me it's just more proof that like hey there's money going somewhere uh where's yeah. it going Mm-hmm. 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 so yeah i'm honestly like it doesn't really bother me it's just kind of one of those things that i think the writer strike should kind of be like hey you're not you're making ad revenue now that you're making ad revenue for your streaming show you need to adhere mm-hmm. to the tv to the tv new, uh, rules that we we put down years ago cool so the legend of zelda universal and illumination are apparently this is this is all rumor this is all rumor Mm-hmm. are supposedly reaching a de- Ryan is convulsing Ryan no <laughs> are apparently reaching a deal uh, to develop a movie based on the Legend of Zelda I'm okay Ben I, are, you, are you okay no well Here's- you and I talked about this the other day I have thoughts and it's not that I don't think a Legend of Zelda movie won't work it no. can but not in the hands of Illumination not in their style and just just no I was, anyone else I was, besides see, no, illumination. Listen, I, not just anyone else ben because like i i don't think you can just give anybody else like the legend of zelda like i think mario and illumination makes sense for the most part mm-hmm. uh th- honestly like the only studio that that and i that will never do it is studio ghibli like that is the only yeah. one that makes sense for what zelda is a beautiful adventure that's like full of whimsy and like lighthearted tones it's not overly dark that has have dark stuff in it like like that aesthetic is, is is perfect and i'm trying to think like what other movie that gives me zelda vibes and i just can't think like i i how to train your dragon maybe but i don't want zelda to look like that movie that movie looks great no. but that's not what i want my zelda movie to look like you know what i mean i was talking about this with brandon the other day and an animation style that could possibly work is the animation style behind puss in boots the last wish yeah i can see that personally let me ruminate um that kind of 2d 3d aesthetic yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think that could work but if illumination does get a hold of the rights to the legend of zelda they really have to take a completely different approach to how the characters are designed to how the story is being told because i was even talking about this with 
would you because uh, let's be real mario and zelda built nintendo into the juggernaut that they are today obviously we mario is nintendo the, i mean mario was like the big um is like you know the bigger juggernaut it's the one he's the one that makes the the most money and all that stuff um zelda just sold 10 million copies in three days yeah exactly but the thing is whenever but when a, a mario game was released and when a zelda game is released there's two different kinds of hype yes people get excited for the mario game but we know mario has a certain quality mm-hmm. but when a zelda game was announced there is a gravitas to that announcement people are more hyped they're more Straight. scrutinized they look at the trailer that's why the tears of the kingdom was like constantly scrutinized and then when the game came out and it, you know 10 out of 10s across the board and they said this is like the best game ever made i got it i got it here's here's the vibe that i'm looking for for zelda for me uh did we all see the green knight yes i did not do you remember the green knight and how that movie is like not really story heavy it's really vibey uh not obviously not that not that dark but something like that in lord of the rings is what i'm looking for when i think of a zelda movie like like so many animated movies again like not that like these like all these movies are good but like i i don't want my zelda movie to be like any of the animated movies i've seen in the last like five years like it needs to be something a little different a little not even mature just like it's like i don't know like studio ghibli that's just i see that in my brain like i don't want it to look like like elemental you know what i mean like not that that's bad but like you can only do it once you know what i mean i think mario did it right that movie looks awesome but like zelda cannot look like that i don't think it should i don't think it should uh mags in the comments i would love i would love to see the animation style to the company that did lupin the third mag yes that's actually perfect that's actually perfect you did that it you solved it mag i love you for that thank you that You're would good. that would make the game that would make uh, they would make an amazing zelda oh. movie but also i feel that if you are going to make a zelda movie you need to make a movie that's its own story yeah. If you're going to tackle Probably. any of the stories from Legend of Zelda, maybe someone adapt the first one, but don't go out adapting Ocarina of Time. Don't go out trying to adapt uh, Twilight Princess, and don't even try to make sense of the timeline. Just, just don't. Oh, so what? So I get, I got it now. So what we should do is we should get Tom Holland, and we should put, we should kind of mix elements from all the games into one movie. Uh, so we have a bunch of just conflicting plot lines, and the, and 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 there you go. We did it. Oh, that's Uncharted. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it at all. I don't like it. I think honestly, I think Ben like like I don't even think for your first one. Um, I think it could be really. I think it could be pretty simple. Like again, like have it be about Ganon and about Zelda and Hyrule and the Triforce right. and like it doesn't. You don't have to pick like a specific thing from one of the big games. Um, but it it can still be amalgamation of like again like all the old games did like didn't have a breath of the wild where all of the races are in one place like you know like all right. like the Reed and the zora like i now i like that zelda world where all the all the people it feels like a big world right so like mm-hmm. i now i don't want to get rid of that stuff so like i i don't i just don't know i don't even know what i think i zelda what a movie zelda movie should be like i don't know no neither, neither do i um I mean, there have been people arguing that Zelda should never be made into a film, yeah. and part of someone, yeah, like the Triforce, and they gotta you know, get it, and like you know, mm-hmm. Ganon's a bad guy, he's like Sauron, yeah. or at least like I don't know, maybe think out a think out a trilogy for some for Zelda, because Zelda is definitely one of those films. If you are to make a Zelda film, and you're going to make it as epic as people want it to be, 
it's not going to suffice in one single 90 minute film, especially with Illumination's track record. No, you need that shit to breathe. You need that shit to expand. It does I'm, make sense that Illuminate that, that Nintendo is thinking about Illumination because they just just make them what a billion dollars now has it hit? Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the thing. And like again, that movie is totally fine. But like, if if quality control is not what you're looking for, then Illumination is perfect. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. the thing about Link, Link do- talks less than Mario does. <laughs> Link is a silent protagonist. And if I watch an entire movie of like Zac Efron doing a good job of being Link, but like I never needed to hear Link go what? Like you know what I mean? Just like I see the I see the Illumination version. And I'm just like oh, I really don't want it. I just really don't yeah, want I, it. I see the Illumination version and it's them ripping off the cartoon and okay. you hear Link do the line, "Excuse me, princess." Yeah, that's gonna be the trailer line. Okay, so so okay, so I know you can't see the Illumination version, but let me let me, let me pitch to you guys. So the Illumination animation, but it's it, it's it, it's Zelda, and then put I need a hero on top of it. What about now? <laughs> Get out! <laughs> it's a great song. I love that song. No, I'm I so love sick that, that song. Uh, and, and not just that, but yeah, and also because like Mario, Zelda, I would also argue that the music in Zelda is a lot more impactful than the Mario music. Not to say the Mario music is bad, but Mario doesn't have a symphony that tours every few years. Oh, the Zelda does. The Symphony of the Goddess, that's a touring show. You, that show happens every few years. Uh, it must just happen. You got, you got people talking. The, Grayson and Mag both yeah, said yeah. both said stuff that I want you to pull up. All right, so let's go. I'm gonna go wind back. Uh, Grayson said, "What if that's that fan theory where it's Legend of Zelda, but Ganon is the pro tag?" Interesting. Mm. I love you do that for your first movie, but I do pro? like that idea a lot. I like the idea, maybe as an epilogue, maybe as like a side story, but not for the first movie because you know it's like Ganon always has to be the bad guy. Uh, Mag has two. The first one says Link's Awakening would be, have wacky potential, but I, uh, but you can see where I'm coming from. Link's Awakening. I mean, that's a short and sweet game. That could be a single. That could be a decent movie, but once again, it's. I don't know. Hmm. And Mac also says, uh, pray that we don't hear that line. I'm assuming it's to uh, excuse me, princess. Yeah. God, that is cartoon, man. All right. Mortal Kombat. We're not going to be talking about the uh, gameplay trailer. We're going to wait for the Basement Arcade pause menu. Uh, but we will be talking about the fact that Jean-Claude Van Damme has been cast as Johnny Cage. Yes, he is um, in the game. He's not in the story mode. He is a downloadable character for Combat Pack 1, which you will be buying on the on the store. Uh, so if you want to if you want to be John Claude Van Damme, you got to give him money. But that's okay because that's how it's been uh, since Mortal Kombat Nine. Uh, man, who have we got? We had Carl Weathers. He uh, not only was it Carl Weathers as Jax, it was Carl Weathers from from Predator as Jax because Arnold Schwarzenegger was in it as Terminator. Uh, there was Lyndon Ashby, who is the original Johnny Cage from the movie. Uh, he was in Mortal Kombat Ten. As a, as a downloadable uh, pay money for me, please, character. Uh, so, like, they've done this a lot. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, he's in this game because he was going to be the original Johnny Cage, and he and he didn't want to do it. <laughs> so he's, he's doing it now because Mortal Kombat's big and hot now. He's like, yeah, I'll do a voice, no problem. The, 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 Shang, the Shang Tsung in this trailer, in, the, in Mortal Kombat 1, I, don't, I may be way off base, but he looks like the movie version. Is that intentional? Um, no, it's no. So... The, it is the guy in Mortal Kombat 11. That is the actor. Uh, yeah. This guy, it just it just looks kind of like him, but it's not the same guy. Because I know that they have a skin pack for Mortal Kombat 11 where you could play as Raiden and uh, Christopher Lambert Raiden. Yeah. And it, the, the Liu Kang, right? I think. Yeah, and all, yeah, all of yeah. them, basically. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I thought was really cool. So this is kind of like that is what you're saying. 
Uh, yeah, just for Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, that's cool. I can't wait to. I can't wait to hear his cool accent. Hey, he's gone. It's gone full circle now. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Was he villain in Expendables? He was. He was. Okay, yeah. That's in a good best, movie. In the best Expendables movie, yeah. Um, I agree, Ryan. Cool. Uh, trailers. It's a big trailer park. It is a big trailer park. So strap in, uh, because we're going to be barreling through the trailer park. I don't know about you guys, but I always kind of assume the trailer park is this. We're just driving through it and we see trailers kind of. That's how I thought of it. I like, I actually really, really like that. I just, I was, I don't know why I, it was like a, a, a drive-in movie theater, uh-huh. but like we're, in, we're, we're in a, a big, a semi-trailer, like, brr, 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 and I'm like, oh, the trailer photos, but I like that we're driving past them instead. I like your idea. Yeah. Like, I think that's kind of fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, oh, there's, <laughs> look, it's bottoms. <laughs> The movie, not the... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's later. I'm a Virgo. Yeah. This looks super, super interesting. Uh, 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 a big 13, a 13 foot tall uh, dude just trying to live his life. Uh, he's scared to go out in the world because of obvious reasons. Uh, he's just trying to go on a sense of adventure, sense, uh, to have a sense of adventure. Looks really fun. Uh, Boots yeah. Riley's a really interesting filmmaker, so uh, uh, I'll definitely probably check this out. This is a movie, right? Not a show. Yeah, this is a, this, this. Oh no, it's a series. It's a series. It's a series. Okay. Yeah. Um, a little more commitment, but I'm still interested. Because he, uh, he he's the director of The Favorite and The Lobster. No, that's Poor Things. That's Poor Things. Oh yeah, this is uh, Sorry this to Bother is, You Guys. Sorry to Bother You. That's the movie. Yeah. Sorry to Bother You is a really funny movie. I really enjoyed it. Uh, mm-hmm. This looks equally as interesting. Yeah, it looks a. Uh, 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 people say there's no originality in Hollywood. I'm like, y'all, I just watched this trailer. I'm like, you got to support things. As I say, I'm probably not going to watch it, but like, you know, you got to support it anyway. Yeah. I might watch it. Good reviews. Bottoms. Ben, did you watch this one? Yeah, I watched them. I watched them all. So Ben, uh, Bottoms, yeah. uh, Kit from the Will- from Willow is in this. Oh, yeah. He's the short hair girl. Uh, she's the short hair brunette. Yeah, I almost didn't recognize her also without body armor uh, so more importantly yeah, right. the stars of the movie are yes. io edibiri from the bear who's 27 and rachel sanat who is also 27 and they're both in high school and you can tell they're not in high school yeah. i always love i always love watching movies we're like man you guys are almost 30 years old love it none of you none of you belong <laughs> in this high school uh brandon this trailer was extremely funny extremely yeah. funny um uh uh we love a you know a a a modern uh, div- diverse comedy of, of wacky sorts but this one just like it has an extra like edge to it that i didn't realize was in it uh it's very dark uh and i really liked it i thought it was a uh, 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 really good it's very gay I just, and i love yeah. i love that oh yeah like dark and gay yeah yeah, yeah they straight up i just like the opening line is like will the two gays it's like oh wow okay that's no like the will, will the for. two will the two boring gays come to the office that's you too they start, um, like, they start like a fight club. Yeah, so, so the plot yeah. is they start a fight club to protect themselves, and they and they probably get a little too into it. But I I, I love how how raunchy it looks. I, I kind of like I kind of miss this kind of co- this kind of like high school comedy that we used to get a yep. little bit. This yep. is a bit more so, but it, it it's kind of in the same vein. It's like a it's definitely a, like in the vein of like something like super bad. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. which again like we don't get those we don't I'm, get many of those anymore. I mean, sure. the trailer says that um it's the horniest bloodthirsty um comedy or whatever I, I forgot is this a show too or is this a this movie? is a movie so this, this is a movie, movie. um yeah. the, the the teacher who, who's like you're 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 playing with the beat i don't think you're allowed to talk to us like that like <laughs> yeah. legally 
because he straight across him. I was like, you started Fight Club so you could get some coochie in. He was like, uh, <laughs> can you stop talking? Or even like, also, I love, I love how all the football players are just always in their full football uniform gear, yeah. like their shoulder pads. You've and been everything. cheating on me. Cheat. I have, I have proofs. Not true. I slept with your mom. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I asked your mom. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I it's think this looks, I think this looks really funny. Oh yeah. Uh, Good Omen season two. Now you guys have not seen Good Omen season one, right? Nope. Highly recommend. It's awesome. It's David Tennant, Martin Sheen uh, at the top of their game. Of the top of their game, quite frankly, they're excellent together. Neil Gaiman, Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. Oh. Um. He he wrote. They wrote the first book together, and they had plans to write the sequel, but Terry Pratchett died before that happened. Wait, uh, can you real quick? Can you can you name those two artists again? The two people who did it. Neil Gaiman and Terry. Now I'm Pritchett. Oh, <laughs> it's a good. That's a good team. Uh, I forgot we had the soundbite. Um. So yeah. So um. So he was going to have he. So they were going to write the sequel, but out of respect for his fallen friend, Neil Gaiman never completed the sequel. This is that. This is uh what they had kind of thought the second book was going to be. They used that outline for this season of the show. Love it. Um, because there is no second book so they did the first they did the entire first book in the first season of of good omens that's fantastic oh this is one of those shows that i definitely like you know just as too many shows in the world but like i definitely want to catch it because i love those two guys yeah and they're so good and i i I know you guys probably didn't watch the trailer for this one because you haven't seen the first one i I, want to you know just in case yeah Um, john ham is in it yeah john hammond's he's in the first he's in the first uh the first uh show uh, the first season as the archangel gabriel oh i didn't know that um and so, you know, it's for those of you who don't know, it's it's like uh, an angel and a devil. They're in love. They're not the subtextually in love, but they're 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 love. roommates. They're roommates, um, and they like they've known each other since the time of Adam and Eve. And so they the plot is that they have to stop the end of the world now that it's coming. This is something else. Um, uh, David Tennant, I, I'm so excited to see him play a bad guy again. Not like a bad guy, but like a bad guy, a naughty um, guy. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a demon. Um, as Crowley and as uh, as as Martin Sheen, who's the angel. I'm I'm actually really excited for this. I really like that first season. Oh yeah. All right, Justice League War World. I was slightly confused because there's like Western shit happening and like Barbarian, and then like also War World's happening. Did I miss something? Yeah. So this is the sequel to to Legion of Superheroes. Oh, is it? Yeah, so the last move because this is part of the Tomorrowverse. Are they that, doing an MCU on us? Yeah, this is a new this is a new animated universe. Oh, I gotta actually watch all the movies. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, so Superman: Man of Tomorrow, Batman: The Long Halloween, Justice Society: World War Two, all in the same universe with Legion of Superheroes, Green Lantern: Beware My Power, um, and now this. This is the next one. This is this is kind of why I'm confused. Why the Justice League is already established in Green Lantern Beware My Power because I feel like this is kind of your Justice League origin movie. Like this is yeah. how Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman meet because uh, there's a lot of like, you know, what are we going to what are we doing here? Who are we? There's a little bit of Secret Wars for some reason. Or oh, is a convergence <laughs> or is it? Conver- oh, is it it's the same, basically oh. the same thing. Just yeah. one's way better. <laughs> um, I, I never remember convergence until it comes up on this podcast. I just I, I just. I, I truly cannot believe at that at the ex- almost the exact same time that like universe shattering things were happening at both at the exact same time. And one was so bad and one was so good. And I'm reading it at the same time. I'm like, how is this possible? 
Oh, that gives you, this gives you whiplash. Hey, I'm <laughs> so mad at myself for only reading one of those. And no, I did not read the good one. There is only the one good one. Hey, uh, to be fair, some of those convergence tie-ins were cool because you got to see old characters team up and like, you know. Whatever. You know what? I, I made the joke, but I actually did like like Captain Carrot and Harley Quinn. There's the, yeah. the, the Batgirls one. Um, Superman yeah. got to have a family before he actually got to have a family. Yeah. Yeah, that's how that's how uh, the uh, the Dan Jurgens uh, two issues of uh, Superman and Lois. That's that's where Dan, that's where John Ken comes from, uh, which is good. That. There is the I don't mean to li- just list a bunch, but like my favorite was like Batgirl and um, Oracle and Nightwing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We finally got to see them get together. I remember that. Oh yeah, yeah. That was... Was, there were some good tie-ins. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so Justice League War World is, is Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman returning, and they're on War World for some reason. Um, it looks, I still really like this animation, so I'm I'm still into but this. But also, Wonder Woman's like hanging out with Jonah Hex in the 1800s, and Batman is in his caveman from Batman, uh, Batman, uh, uh, when he died, yeah, and the, Superman is doing something. Oh, what was that called? The re- there wasn't the Return of Bruce Wayne. It was the Return of Bruce Wayne. It's it where he's a caveman, cowboy, pirate, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Grant Morrison, you wild. <laughs> Uh, and at the end of this, hey, read the comics to Justice League War World, Superman War World. Yeah. So that was cool. Oh, wait, no, I actually can do it. I haven't read it yet, but I still, I'll, I'll get to it one day. There it is. <laughs> right there. Sympathy, no, sorry, Resident Evil, Death Island. Um, We talked about this trailer, the first trailer a couple weeks ago, and it looked like just a lot of dumb fun. This looks like it is still going to be a lot of dumb fun, but this looks like it makes it actually a better movie. Uh, uh, I like all the characters coming together. It reminds me of... Uh, you guys have read and or seen uh, Just Like Tower of Babel. We're like, mm-hmm. oh, the villain gets all the information about all the heroes. And it's like, oh, this guy named Dylan, who looks like Kevin Bacon, he's got all the information about all our heroes. And they're all from the different games and they're all teaming up on Alcatraz. Uh, and you got all your favorite monsters and all that shit. So I like it. It looks like like a great like fan service. Good time. This is yeah. by the director who did uh, Resident Evil Infinite Darkness, which yes. I watched all of. I watched one episode of and I was like, not for me. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have finished that show. No man, if you liked it, like that, that you haven't been exposed to a lot of Resident Evil. So, like, if that is a entry point for you, I'm still happy you have it. Yeah, it wasn't that good though. That sucks. That's uh, this looks infinitely more fun though. Uh, infinitely I, I, more darkness. Infinitely more darkness. Uh, this looks. This looks fun. I'm actually really interested in this. Yeah. Sympathy for the devil. How I feel about Nick Cage, man. I, oh man, this really rocked. Yeah, this looks like a like a like a blast. Yeah, I'm oh, really yeah. excited for this. Nick Cage looks awesome. I'm so down. The whole lot, the whole like story of, of the of the guy getting carjacked on the day his wife is getting pregnant. Rick Flag. Like gum- yeah, Rick Flag. On is the getting- day his wife is getting pregnant. On the day his wife is giving birth. God damn it. <laughs> it's okay. I'm just joshing. And it's just this whole mess of affairs and just nick cage is being totally unhinged i'm i'm in uh i, I love the trailer but I, my favorite line is the very end of the trailer it's like you know i was 100 i was 100 sex and then you ruined it now i'm just 50 percent sex <laughs> and i'm like oh this is getting good was it he calls the guys like don't ghost me don't ghost me like my therapist yeah it's like dr bronson or whatever yeah um joel kinnaman is the guy who gets who gets garjacked uh uh, I like that dude uh, 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 in the Suicide Squad, I guess, only. Uh, I watched him in Altered Carbon. He was pretty good in that, I guess. Um, but yeah, like, Nick Cage just gets to have a blast. This looks like a good time. Like, low-budget movie, just keep it, you know, all in the car, except for going to places, terrorizing people. Uh, yeah. It's like a 
good time. Yeah, I'm he tell he looks at the trucker and yells at him to sit down in a very sing songy way, and the oh. trucker just goes, "Oh yeah, yeah." He's like, "I'm I'm gonna play a game, and if you don't answer, I'm gonna kill the trucker, and then I'm gonna kill the waitress." He's, yeah. So it yeah. looks so good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, expend four bulls. I'm gonna be honest, y'all. I'm not into it. So not the only that. reason why I put this on. There's one to say Expendables, Expendables yeah. 4, uh, and two to say this looks like garbage. Yeah, it definitely, it, it's, it, the the trailer we talked about last week, this guy's had two, a great two weeks, let me say. The director <laughs> of, of Hidden Strike is also directing ex, ex, for, Expend the 4s. <laughs> um, yeah, this looks like, the action looks totally fine. But when I like, I don't care about the characters, right? But like, I will go see a movie if your action's really, really good. Even the action's like, nah. The movie from last week even had better action. Even then, I'm still not super into it. So, like, the, I'm a defender of the first three Expendables films. I like those movies quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, second one, I, th- I think, is just the best, just in general. Yeah. We did this plot. This is like the old blood versus the new blood. We did this. This is Expendables three. You're just showing me a worse Expendables three, and that's already the worst one. And I, like. <laughs> People are missing from the cast who I'd want to be there, and I'm Terry I'm sure Cruz. Where the hell's Terry Cruz? Did he die? I don't remember. I don't know. I don't remember. Jet Li is not coming back because he didn't like working on the first film. Fine. Uh, where, where, where's there's no like stunt cast? Is the stunt casting Megan Fox? Because like the stunt casting no. for the last one was Antonio Banderas no, and Wesley so, Snipes. Uh, Tony. So the guy, the guy who fights, I think it's Statham at the end. Tony Jaw. He's Tony from ja. like, the raid, and he's in Fast and Furious. So, like he is a good get as an action star, but I think he's just like a bad guy. He's not like a main feature. So he'll have one great scene, probably, as he often does in a lot of these movies. Um, like, Randy Couture, who's an MMA fighter that I liked 10 years ago, he's a big headline of this trailer. And I'm like, we you have we have lost the plot here if Randy Couture is your selling point in these movies, for sure. Like, Couture! Lundgren! And I'm like, Stallone's the last name. And that means, I don't think Stallone's in this movie very much, by the way. I don't. I think he's going to show up in and out of it. That's That would suck. I, I Look... The thing is, like, I, I'm I'm gonna be a broken record because this doesn't have like the the pull that the other Expendables films do. Because as Ryan said, like a lot of this cast is missing, um, yeah. and kind of the fun of the Expendables is getting that cast together. And Schwarzenegger and Willis, I get you're not getting Willis back because he's he's got to be retired. But yeah. Schwarzenegger is Schwarzenegger in this, and if he's not, what's the point? He'll probably have a, a five minute cameo because that's easy, you know. Normally, yeah. that's in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. This one specifically feels like. I don't even like it doesn't feel like passion. No, <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. Like it doesn't look like anyone's heart in it, isn't it? Even at the worst, like uh Stallone actually really liked getting the expendables together. It was something mm-hmm. he enjoyed doing. Um it doesn't I don't see I don't see that here. And this and yeah. like the the jokes are awful and like oh, I know. and like uh Megan Fox is like great. Like I love I I'm cool I love that she's in it and stuff, but like her having like a cool sexy fight and then Stallone interrupts them. I'm just like, this feels like so like Miss Mr. Miss Smith 2005. It looks derivative in a way that they, they weren't. And there's like a I'm, there's like a really bad dick joke at the end. It's like, oh mine's bigger. And then the girl winks at the camera, which is from a different scene that they cut into it to make it a worse joke. And I'm just like, oh, you're grabbing like 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 dicks. <laughs> you're grabbing like the 45 year olds who are like, yeah, muscle, yeah. <laughs> Grab a Bud Light, yeah. Sorry guys, I don't mean to give me to you. I'm I'm yeah. I'm I'm a bum- I'm I'm bummed because like I like those first three films. I was looking yeah. forward to this one. This that sucks. I I don't know if I've seen three, but I've seen the first two, and that second one is is really fun. Like I'm not gonna call it an incredible movie, but it's a really great action movie for sure. Like a lot of like good chemistry between those guys. So like I is I that wish the one with Chuck Norris? Better. 
Yes, that's the one with Chuck Norris. Okay, yeah. Because that was the again, like every time they do one of these, they get like someone else from that time period. Like so, Stallone always wanted Jackie Chan, but never got him. Yeah. Um, but like it was uh, Chuck Norris in, in in two, and then it was Antonio Banderas and Wesley Snipes in three. The director of Hidden Strike couldn't get Jackie Chan for this one. That's, a, that's a, sorry, Stallone couldn't get it. Oh, that's right. There's, there is a connection there. What happened on Hidden Strike? What happened on Hidden Strike? <laughs> Uh, all right, some some um, documentaries. Uh, we'll start with Stan Lee. Rulings LCR. This looks very sweet and very charming. Yeah, it um, does. I'm gonna be curious. Well, one, I know I'm I'm not curious if they won't like how because uh, uh, everyone's got the skeletons in the closet. I wonder if they're they're gonna obviously ignore all that stuff. Um, I'm curious how much new information we're gonna get because Stan Lee is not like it's not like he hasn't been on camera for the last fifty years of his entire life, right? And I've 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 personally seen a lot of interviews with him, interviews with him and with other people. There have been plenty of documentaries already made about him when he was alive, right? Um, and not not to disparage this one or anything, but like I'm curious. Now this is a Disney made product about Stanley. Like I I wonder if this will just be a really nice fluff piece. And again, those are totally fine. Or if there will be actually something new I will get because like I've seen those great speeches he's given a lot. Like I I've I've seen those speeches a lot. And like I loved I love Stanley. I'm just like for me like who's been in the comics world a long time like will will i see anything new other than like man i do miss stanley you know like yeah, not not to sound too negative on it or anything no you're absolutely right because you know there is there's some good there's a good criticism to have like steve dicko and jack kirby how are they going to be mentioned in this mm-hmm. uh, yes w- will they be yes i mean they ha- they would have to you think they would have to be but like you know, Stan Lee was not good to them. That's the reason why they didn't work with him after after their initial. And like, yeah, and, and he is he is obviously he is incredibly essential to all of Marvel. But like, so were other people, and like sometimes people forget that. And it's like like when these things come out, like especially when someone passes, that can be solidified. Like, look at Bill Finger. Like, how long did it take for his legacy to like to rise up? So took like, that documentary that came out about him. Yeah, yeah, and like you know, like people like Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko, like definitely are not in the Bill Finger situation. But like you know, uh, I'm I'm curious. It would be nice to have some like, oh, you know, there were some rough patches. Like, it would be cool to go into that, but with a Disney product, uh, I'm sure it's going to be a, a nice, a nice yeah. thing to watch. Yeah, they're probably going to put Stan in like the holiest of holy light, probably. Not even mention the skeletons. But... And you know, so that's and that's I don't need every documentary to go into somebody every bad thing they've done. I go like you know, right, I mean? right, right. But especially, but like, I'm just curious if I will find if there will be anything new for me to learn as someone who who has seen a lot of Stanley material. I feel like we all have, we've all been in like, you know, the, the nerd circle for our entire lives, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, maybe we'll feel differently about Hideo Kojima connecting worlds. <laughs> Tell, do, you guys, do you guys know anything about Hideo Kojima? <laughs> Only for what you've told me. Yeah. Okay. Um, he's an incredible man. Um, he, this trailer goes, this trailer goes harder than I even thought they would into like how much of an auteur he is. Um, I was trying to think of like one second. Sorry, I'm super dry mouth. Um, the filmmaker who I closely associate with him, and I hate to do this, I hate to reduce filmmakers of such stature into like you are like this guy, but like to help to help it rel- to be relative to other people, he is the Japanese Quentin Tarantino. Hmm. Um, he is someone who loves film who grew up with film, especially this is a Japanese man who grew up on Hollywood and Hollywood, like his seventies and eighties crimes and uh, crime cinema and stuff. Uh, and like Hong Kong action movies himself and all these different things. So like he pours a lot of, of love of movies and cinema into, into games years before other people were doing that. When people were still just trying to figure out how to make really cool games, he was like putting cinematics and like, in he's like, it's the first game to have like voice acting of, of that caliber. 
Uh, other games had voice acting, but a full voice like movie in a game was Metal Gear Solid in 1999. Uh, he pushed. He continues to push John forward. Um, and he's just a really creepy dude too. It's like uh, he, he's just a really fun guy to follow on Twitter. I highly recommend it. Uh, so to have him to have a documentary come out uh, is really cool because like they call him an auteur and all these things and then you look at the games that he makes and they are really important and they're really and they say a lot about the world but they're also really goofy stealth games um where like you can slip on pigeon poo if a pigeon like flies by and poops you can slip on it and you'll go whoa and like there's like slapstick comedy and like hardcore drama it's like metal gear solid is such an interesting franchise um and it's really cool that like we're gonna get to explore some of that uh for people who are unfamiliar with it because i'm i'm they have to go into the games themselves because like he's an auteur for a reason. Cause it's like, just like a David Lynch, like only one type of person can make this specific product. And then you're like, Oh, it's absolutely. That's the guy who made that thing. Of course. Uh, so this is cool. This is really cool. Yeah. I'm interested mm-hmm. in this one. Yeah. I was going to say a uh, mags in the chat saying I could either see him or Kubrick, but I can't to see it when it comes can't, out. Can't yeah, wait Kubrick to see good, it. Oh, can't Kubrick's wait to see choice. it. Yeah. Stanley yeah. Kubrick. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm actually really interested in, in watching this because it's you know it's a documentary about you know we get to, when we get video game documentaries a lot of times it's documentaries about major events in video games or like the two big game documentaries I know of are of course Console War which is the fight between Sega and Nintendo Game Over which um, underneath the whole we're gonna go out to Alamogordo and dig for the Atari stuff there's actually a really good documentary about Atari in the 80s and how it rose to power and how they fell. Mm-hmm. So to see that this is about just one person whose name is actually very um, important in the world of video games, I say, yeah, this I want to I want to watch this. I want to know more about because all I know about Kojima is that he made the Metal Gear Solid games. He's done. He's been making games for years. His games are very different, and and of course, after he left Konami, comes out makes his own studio, which a lot of people say he should have done years ago. Yeah. Um. Oh, that's gonna be super fun because his Fallout with Konami is legendary. Uh, no. Oh, yeah. Because Metal Gear Solid Five, uh, which is one of the greatest games ever made, one of the greatest stealth games at least, um, was so over budget. Um, because like this is a man who like he made Metal Gear Solid and he, and that became one of the biggest games of all time. Then he made Metal Gear Solid Two, which was like the hype around that game was like unfathomable levels of hype. And then he made three, which is arguably one of the greatest games of all time. And then he made four, which is just like an insane like finale. And then he's like, I'm done after four. And then they gave him the world to make five. And it still wasn't enough because his ideas were too big. And they cut the game off before it was finished and they fired him. And the game got shipped out with a kind of an unfinished ending. Uh, and like that would ruin me as a creator if like my my final swan song was like kind of tarnished. And that's still an incredible game anyway, like the, the ending, whatever. Um, but like, I hope they go into that because all that's really juicy and really spicy. And there's not a lot of like information we know about it because of legal stuff, a lot of legality that he's not allowed to talk about because he signed a bunch of NDAs and shit. So like, I wonder if they're going to be able to get into any of that. Just any of that. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, poor things. Oh, hey, you play you play a Frankensteinish monster, Ben. I do. I totally do. This movie, this movie is like that, but uh, with acid involved. <laughs> yeah it, it's like that but also um it's weird it's kind of whimsical yep in a way yep. it's like whimsical horror where it's kind of scary but it's not like in your face horror um it's a, it's, it's just weird that's what yeah. i can say about it it's just weird but it's not bad have weird. you it's seen just... have you have you seen either the lobster or the favorite no so 
I, I haven't seen the lobster yet, but I really like the favorite. I'm, it's very, very similar vibes, just vibage wise, um, as far as what I know from the trailer from the lobster and what I've seen in the favorite. It feels very much in a similar vibe, which makes sense. So uh, looking at his filmography, I didn't realize I've seen almost all of his movies. Uh, uh, I will always love Yorgos Lathamos because he's a fellow Greek man. And there aren't that many Greek directors big in Hollywood, especially making weird ass shit like this. Um, I can't believe I, I saw his his. I saw this movie called Dogtooth that came out in 2009. I can't believe I'm such a film nerd from this long ago. It's, it is a Greek hardcore drama about this family just going through shit. Uh, just like they're isolated and just like, it gets worse and worse and worse. And I'm like, that was so long ago. And like, now you're making cool shit with like Emma Stone. And like, that's fantastic. I love it. Uh, this just looks like, like this, like he tried to make this movie in like 1920s. It looks like it came out in the like, 1920s, but it came out today. Like it's got such a unique look to it. Like there's a lot of matte paintings happening, a lot of unique colors, almost like Technicolor happening. I don't know what the hell's happening with the Frankenstein stuff, but it just looks super interesting. Like, looks giving like something life. Defoe's daughter dies, and, and he brings her back to life. Yes, that is that seems to be the implication. Absolutely. Yeah. So, like, um, and Defoe himself looks awesome. I love that that crazy makeup design. Um, uh, Mark Ruffalo uh, looks looks charming as hell. I love that guy. So, like, this is like I'm so glad that like again like um, the, the 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 13 foot tall movie show we talked about earlier. Like, this looks just super unique. Yeah. Like, this looks so cool. Like, yeah, it's going to throw a lot of people off, but, like, sometimes this has to come out to calibrate you. Like, oh, no, this is too weird for me. It, it's good because, like, you need something like this to come out into theaters so we're not just getting the same stuff over and over again. Yeah, this doesn't matter if this does, if this does the numbers that a blockbuster would do. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't need to. It just needs yeah. to be there. And this and this probably doesn't cost that much money either because this dude makes uh, great-looking stuff on generally uh, smaller budgets. So, yeah. like... Man, this looks really, it's really unique. I'm just, I'm so excited it gets to exist. Uh, Insidious, the Red Door. Is this Bagul or is that the other one? That's Sinister. That's Sinister. Okay. Um, uh, this looks, this looks, uh, this looks pretty good. Um, there's some pretty good scares. There's some pretty good scares in this one for me. Like the the MRI machine, I think, is incredible. That oh, is, yeah. that definitely is my favorite. Definitely, I think I like the other trailer or trailers that we've seen better. Um, but like this one still looks, it still looks good. That that kid grown up throwing me off it's weird right because it, it, like it's not his fault like he, you that's what happens when you grow up you look different but i'm like you're an iron man three <laughs> <laughs> you, you were in jurassic world you were oh my god yeah i forgot the same hair ball. same hairstyle yeah. I, I i it's really interesting because like i didn't see ty simpkins grow up i just saw him as a kid and then as a teenager and like yeah, what I happened wonder, i wonder if he like actually took a break and then like i come back for insidious 10 years later yeah maybe because he's in he did uh, the whale he was in the whale Oh sure, okay, okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, this looks, this looks. I think this looks kind of cool. Uh, there's some good scares. I hope that's good because I want, I want Patrick Wilson to get the win. That's the thing. Like he, he is directing it, so like he has to have some love behind it. And like I just don't want to see him make a bad movie because like, yeah. oh, well, I, I, I that could really discourage someone to try again. Well, I didn't know he was directing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is his directorial debut. Nice. He loves um, it because then if he does, if this is good, then he can take over the Conjuring franchise from the bad guy. The guy who did the Curse of La Llorona. Oh my god. Could you imagine that that huge upgrade? That'd be so dope. I can't believe James Wan watched the Curse of La Llorona and said, you can take over my franchise. It couldn't have just been him. There had to be some shitty dude with money somewhere else. I don't know, man. It sucks. Talk to me. It doesn't look like it sucks, though. Oh my gosh. I am so excited for this one, y'all. Actually, me too. (sighs) This looks radical. Uh, I just I don't know if it's Australian or New Zealand New Zealand or whatever, but like uh, uh, just immaculate gross vibes happening. 
uh, the, the possessed uh, possession gone viral is such a cool like tagline. Whoever, yeah. whatever uh, marketing person came up with that was great. Um, I love the. I still love the line that's in the first trailer. It's in this trailer, and it's like, "We'll grab you by the hand straight into hell." Yes. Yeah. I um, think that's such a cool poll quote. Yeah. So like, uh, uh, if anyone hasn't seen the trailer, you should definitely watch the trailer. But uh, it's like a group of friends who do like I don't know like weekly possession hangouts where they have this mannequin hand that they can touch and it opens a doorway to who knows where. And one specific person does it, and they keep the doorway open way too long, and then bad shit starts happening. And the hand starts moving around, and people start seeing their dead relatives, and it just looks like a bad time. And by that, I mean a great time. The trailer for this introduced like so shows us a bit more about the filmmaking. And it looks so interesting. There's the one where the kid, where the boy has the hand, and he, and the camera's following him as he moves, as he like gets thrown from chair to chair. Made me feel a little bit like uh, how Upgrade did the fight scenes. Yeah. Um, Ben won't get that reference because he hasn't Whoa. seen Upgrade yet. Oh. Um, I just realized, but yeah, it reminds me a little bit of that. I think that's really in, uh, ingenious and really fun. This looks awesome. Yeah, I'm into it. Good, good year for horror. Uh, all right, we're going to talk about a couple of animated trailers now. Starting with my adventures with Superman. This looks awesome. I'm surprised it's on Adult Swim because this definitely does not look like an Adult Swim show. Well, Adult Swim yeah. had to take it because HBO Max canceled it. That's right. God damn it, HBO Max. I mean, the I show just... looks great. Not yeah, not I yeah. I guess I assumed it would be more mature just because, but that makes sense. Like, where are they? They're where are they going to put it? Uh, so I guess not everything on yeah. Adult Swim has to be like gross. Oh, out no. Well, more. Adult no, Swim no, no, just yeah. Adult Swim also. It's it's weird that this time slot is midnight because that's unicorn. That's the Unicorn Warriors show time slot. Um, but the, the tsunami just is going to extend another four hours and play like Courage the Cowardly Dog and Dexter's Laboratory. Mm. They also have tsunami on the on Adult Swim now. So Adult Swim is much more yeah. like is much more uh, like all ages now. Yeah. Well, with a, uh, I mean, with Toonami on Adult Swim kind of makes sense because then they can show like the uncut versions of like certain anime. Because I know they had there was like a cut version for Mobile Suit Gundam Wing. Yeah, Eva as well. Um, but yeah, I mean that aside, that that whole thing aside, the show looks fantastic to be fair. This looks really looks, great. It looks yeah. very wholesome and I'm really glad it's next day on Max because I'll definitely be watching this. Yeah, Jack yeah. Quaid, we get a lot more of Jack Quaid's dialogue as Superman. I think he's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like very like wholesome. Like just like just like a good like a good time. Also, I just love the animation. Me like too. how the anime-esque style of it and how like when Super when Clark catches Lois, they both blush. It's like, oh look at them, they're so cute. Uh Jimmy Olsen looks funny is also like when he slaps a sticker on, they get the birds a plane joke. Uh I'm not gonna lie, his S is starting to grow on me. I yeah. wasn't a big fan of the design of Superman's S, but it started growing me a little bit. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really, I'm really happy with how this looks, and I'm excited. It's been a while since we got a good wholesome Superman cartoon. It has been. Um, the last thing we'll talk about is Skull Island, the powerhouse animated show set in the MonsterVerse, just before Godzilla and after Kong Skull Island. What do we think? I wish I wanted to watch this more. Me too. Yeah. And it's not that the animation is particularly bad or anything. It's good. It's just like like what's happening on screen isn't very exciting to me, and like the 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 big lobsters are cool and like you know Kong's cool and stuff. That's and like, my like, issue with it. It looks so generic. 
I just like yeah, I'm not seeing anything new, anything you know, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. because we're, you talked about like the oh, the lobsters, the crocodiles. The, one of the things that I talked about when we saw the teaser is that you know Kong Skull Island has a really interesting uh, way they went about the wildlife on Skull Island. Being, Bamboo spiders. Yeah, being like flora fauna, they're both mammal and plant. Um, so every every creature we see is part we can can blend in. It's like supposed to be a god of its own domain. And mm-hmm. now we're seeing a lot of powerhouse animated because now they've done so much. Um, powerhouse animated gen- gen- generic monsters that you'd see in Castlevania or or Blood of Zeus. I don't see yeah. any any originality here that really gets me interested. And Kong's look looks so different than his than his monsterverse look that it just is unrecognizable as the monsterverse. I also have yeah. to wonder if if some of that is also like like the script of like it's just a lobster monster. Like like the creativity also comes from like them not putting a lot of effort into the idea itself. That's a good like, point. Like, I, I'm not, like, against this idea, but, like, again, like, there's nothing new here. Like, I would rather just watch Kong Skull Island again. Like, I don't, I don't, unless there's some, like, wild thing they're not showing about this show. Like, I don't know what there is for me. I am, I am who I am, so I will watch it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish that it made me interested in watching it. Yeah, and we all have that thing where, like, like I'm, I'm, it's got me no matter what. We all have yeah. it. Yeah. Because I want, I want more Skull Island. That's one of the things that I was bummed about Godzilla versus Kong. We won't get more Skull Island. But going back in time, it was interesting. Both Skull Island comics are really good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's kind of so I'm like, okay, well, I want to go back to this Skull Island, and I now we're going back, and I'm like, this doesn't look like the Skull Island that I wanted to go back to. Outside mm-hmm. of the Skull Crawlers, which do look like Skull Crawlers, they'll always be cool. Okay, shall we go into our main topic? Roll into it. So let's get right into it. We are talking about Transformers Rise of the Beasts, the seventh Transformer film, um, live action film, I should say, eighth overall. Um, we are going to be talking full spoilers. So if you have not seen the movie, you know, go away, check it out, come back, pause this, whatever you want to do to go see the movie, uh, because we will be spoiling the ever loving shit out of it. Um, now let's get right into it. Transformers Rise of the Beasts is directed by Stephen Capel Jr. Uh, who did Creed 2, my favorite Creed film, actually, uh, which is written by Joby Harold, uh, who wrote Army of the Dead and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, also, King Arthur and, and the, the Legend of the Sword. Ben, what's that King Arthur movie with? What's his name? Uh, uh, Charlie Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam. What's that well, That movie? He did that movie. Um, Darnell Mateer uh, and Josh Peters, who is who are currently dir- uh, writing the Valzad movie or show that michael b jordan is working on had a lot of writers on this one and eric hober and john hober the brothers um who did who wrote the meg recently and battleship among others so those are those are the five writers on this movie yeah wow can't even tell so what do we think about this one uh ryan or ben who wants to go first and i want to hear your i want to hear what you what you think mr beast beast wars (laughs) well I liked it. I want to say talking about it more, maybe start to love it more. But the reason why I'm saying I like it outright is because, unfortunately, when I saw this movie with Brandon, I know this is going to come up. We had a horrible theater experience because there was some people behind us who would not shut up. Mm. And there was also a guy who was constantly clapping during the scenes that honestly didn't need to be half clapping. He, so, okay, he was loving it. No, no, that's fine. Yeah, we were happy. It's just that it, it was very distracting no, for I'm the rest sorry. of us. Yeah, I get you. And uh, 
So but, uh, real quickly, uh, Grayson Live, because there's a pause there. Grayson Live, do you, no need to answer on the stream, but I will. Uh, no, you do not need to see the other Transformers films outside of Bumblebee. And even, even then, then there's one line and you'll yeah. be fine. But Bumblebee yeah. is like the best one. So you should yeah. see it. Yeah, Bumblebee is great. Go watch one Bumblebee. Other than that, I actually, I still had a good time with this movie. I got, I actually thought that the character development of Optimus Prime was pretty good. I thought that the action was really good. Um, if I had any complaint, I was kind of bummed that there weren't any real Predacons, but the antagonists in the movie were still really good threats, and we still got nods to the Predacons in the the badges, so there's hope that we can see them again. Um, I actually really liked how the Beast Wars robots, well, even well, in ben, Beast Form, they were... I'm going to actually cut you off, sorry, because sorry. I want to get Ryan's initial thoughts, because yeah, you're yeah, going sorry. into a lot of things that no, no, we, am, we should, definitely, we should definitely talk about. But Ryan, yeah. your initial thoughts are... I liked it. I had a good time. I, I wish I liked it as much as Bumblebee. Uh, I don't think it's as strong as Bumblebee. I do I do think it has the strongest human protagonist of any Transformers movie. I love these characters. Yeah. I, I would uh, I would love to continue to see these characters do more stuff. Uh, I, I was really I was really uh, drawn to them. Um, um, I I wish I liked it. Tr- this is gonna sound weird because this is a Transformers movie, but this is the one case where like I, I don't I wish I liked the Transformers more um i think the villains are cool but like you know they're there to do their job so like that's fine um all their personalities are uh, i i i have a mirage here i'm not the hugest transformers fan but i really like mirage just because he's a cool f1 car and he's usually cool and spunky and i actually like mirage a lot in this movie i found everyone else to be fine like air razor is like that's michelle yo there's no character there, y'all. Um, gorilla, gorilla Prime is cool. He's not in the movie nearly enough, I think, but that's the whole plot thing. So, like, that's that's fine. Um, Optimus, I'm gonna be honest. Like, this is a total me thing. I don't think anyone else forgets this. I don't really care for Optimus in this movie. Um, I understand he's on a journey. He's on an arc to learn to love humans. But like, is this a prequel to Transformers or is it not? Like, I just like I just. He's also really bloodthirsty, but that's just something that Michael Bay did. Like, I just like my Transformers to be like a little less bloodthirsty, but that's just again a me thing. I don't know; if it's necessarily a negative of the movie. I just thought like the script was pretty weak for the Transformers. Optimus, a lot of Optimus lines are are, are pretty weak to me. Uh, also, Peter Cullen sounds like he's like nine hundred years old, and that's because that's because he is, and that's not a bad thing. That's that's how he is. Um, I I wanted to like the Transformer stuff more. Um, I thought the final battle was pretty pretty weak to be honest it's really great um i like the human stuff though i really i I, if the human stuff wasn't as strong i'd probably be weaker on a movie but overall i liked it so i love this um bumblebee is the best and it's not close and i Mm -hmm. even after watching transformers rise of the beast it's not close bumblebee has a lot going for it it's a much simpler story it's um it's it's not as focused on on more as many characters it's just focused on the two Mm -hmm. um so there's a lot there's a lot that bumblebee is able to do because of how simple it is this is far more complicated uh than that than that script but i really had a good time i i really liked all the transformers Mm, that's not true i really like most of the transformers um optimus prime and primal i like quite a bit uh and uh it because you know it does with optimus's let's let's just start there let's start with our optimus's arc in this because we've we've all kind of touched on it in our initial thoughts but let's start there so optimus prime his arc in this movie is that he doesn't trust humans he thinks that humans are very selfish and he's not going to and he doesn't want to involve himself with them because he has put it on himself that they are trapped they're trapped on earth and they were never meant to be mm-hmm. um so he's really regretful of it 
and then the the death of B is uh, kind of what sets him over the edge. That's a very similar arc that he goes through in Transformers: Age of Extinction and The Last Night. Mm-hmm. And I just, for me, I think probably I'm kind of with Ryan. I do prefer my Optimus Prime to be less bloodthirsty, but I think kind of recognizing this as a much more compelling version of what that shitty thing was. I really, I actually really liked it. And that might be because I was quote unquote, I was pun intended primed for it. Yeah. yeah. It is definitely that, that is a good point to bring up. Uh, it is a better version of that. Um, and it is again, like it makes sense for the story. Like this is a prime, like, you know, if, if you're meeting humans for the first time, like you have no reason to trust them. It's if, you know, all this stuff, like, you know, you're, you, you're going through your own shit. I get it. Um, I just didn't think the writing was very good for it. Uh, there's a lot of lines. I wish I remembered them. Again, I only got to see it today. Cause I, cause I, you know, I worked all week and today's my mm-hmm. first day off. So like, uh, I wish I could remember some of the lines, but I'm just like, it felt really generic. There's a lot of his lines felt really generic. I mean, like Peter Cullen's really good at it. It's good stuff. But like, I remember air razor. One line specifically got me. She's like, Oh, scourge touched me and he left a mark. I'll be okay. And I'm like, I'll be okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Uh, I just, uh, I really, uh, Anthony, I'm mixing their, the, the actor and the character's name, Ramos? but Nolan Diaz, Nolan Diaz, the, the, the character. Uh, I really like him a lot, man. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's really great. The stuff with his brother, very Robbie Reyes, Ghost Rider, uh, really into it. Um, uh, I don't want to go into too many places. Sorry. No, but there's actually two things that you brought up that I want to talk about, which is that I agree. I think Anthony Ramos is great as, as Noah Diaz. I think Elena doesn't get as much to do, but I also really like her. She's um, great, yeah. uh, so I really, your Ryan was absolutely correct. I think this is the most compelling human characters we've gotten so far. Oh yeah. Uh, because they have their own agency. And what I found really refreshing is that their, their goal is different than the Autobots goal. And we've never seen that before. We've never seen the two goals at odds before. Um, yeah. so I was really excited. So I, I, I think they handled that pretty well. Um, and which calls comes to a head when prime like pleads with Noah, like, please don't. Cause if you do, we're stranded here forever. That is a good scene. I do like that thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but on the, on the voice acting, I actually really like the voice acting, um, of air razor. Uh, personally, I like Michelle Yeoh, um, and Ron Perlman, I think kills it as, as, uh, Optimus primal. The only thing that I wish wasn't the case is that so many of the voices sound so similar unicron scourge primal for example all kind of have the same kind of deep resonant voice where i'm like gravelly this is a little samey i kind of wish you did you did something different here i agree um i i do like ron perlman like i i don't know what he could have done to like make himself more ron perlman or whatever but like i thought i thought he was good i didn't like, if you would have told me that was somebody else, I'd also just believe you. If you like, if I heard it was Ron Perlman, like, oh, actually, it was Hugo Weaving. I'd be like, oh, sure, I believe that. Like, you know, like, I don't totally hear Ron Perlman all the way, but it was a good performance. Um, Wheeljack, interesting choice. Oh, I, I hate how they yeah. do Wheeljack so much. I, I thought we were past doing this. Me too. I was, when they said Wheeljack, I was hoping to see, like, the head fins, you know, how, yeah. you know classic wheel jack but guess not uh, so so his voice actor is is a character um called danny reyes from um danny rojas sorry from uh ted lasso oh, um, sure, okay. he's one of the soccer players and i recognize them immediately but i think some of the, one of the things that i appreciate about the new transformers designs is that they is that they're a little bit blockier they're not as thin or metal as the bay it films looks so good but wheel jack is so interesting because it's such a departure from his original design that I don't understand what the thought process was. I don't know. Um, Cause RC looks dead on. Yeah. She looks great. Honestly, I thought RC looked excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with that. 
Um, yeah, I, I, I'm so glad we kept with the with the G1-ish designs. I think everybody, even though some of the designs like might be a little weird, I think like they just look so much better than the the super intricate bay design. The the there's a scene where Optimus, who's now back to being a flat nosed truck, as we saw in um, Bumblebee, um, he does a drift in in yes. in the city they're in, and I was like, man, that's so much cooler than a long nosed truck. I don't know what it is, but it's just it yeah. just feels so much cooler. I think. Um, there are so many great like moments and like, but I think my favorite like transformation is um, uh, Stratosphere, the old robot plane. Yeah, because he transforms because he he transforms so slowly because he's so old, and you really get to see like you obviously see all the transformation stuff happening, but like it's so slow you see it all happening. It's like damn, like these are some really good animators, man. Like it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, he uh, and all the characters like they they all feel real enough like. I was a little worried. I love Pete Davidson. He's a great comedian, but like he showed up in Fast X for a minute. I'm like, nah, it's fine or whatever. Like I was a little worried about him being Mirage, but like actually, I really like him. He, he's he, he he's brings, my favorite Transformer. Yeah, he brings the Pete Davidson energy, but there is like they do rein him in where like he's not like just saying the most nonsense stuff. Like he still gets to be a funny character, but have some pathos and some heart and stuff. Oh and yeah. It, what's really nice is that it feels. What's really nice about the transformers even the ones that don't get a lot of a lot of love is that they feel distinct mirage mm -hmm. doesn't feel like bumblebee or rc they all feel very distinct characters and that's you know i talked about i'm going to talk about a little bit about age of extinction a lot because i watched it this week um mm -hmm. but the uh the you know it could i don't even know the names of all the new transformers in that film i know hound because it's john goodman but and ken watanabe is one of them but like it doesn't matter what their names are because they're all just interchangeable um quoting one-liners and not actually talking to each other mm -hmm. and it's really cool to like i think pete davison brings such an interesting and and honestly good personality to mirage and it, it, it he's he honestly steals the show because of it yeah i think um i i just love like the brother mentality and all the stuff with with chris that's the younger brother's name the sick yeah. brother yeah. Uh, the stuff with him and like, oh, yo, we like your brother gave me the radio so we can all keep in touch. And like all the stuff has a great payoff at the end that I think is incredibly sweet. Uh, like, again, like that was like my biggest worry was Pete Davidson, like stunt casting. I'm like, no, that, that dude actually he brought something. It was good. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Mac has a comment. Uh, I'm a little curious which Maximals were in Air Razor Squad when they arrived Earth. So Whoa. the real quick before you answer, when she said, I'm the last one, I'm like, God damn it. We're not seeing anybody else. So that no, yes. baboon? That that's that's that that's what happened to me because I was looking at the uh, so first off what kind of ticks me off about that line is that we don't see any other Maximals in the beginning of the movie when we're on the Maximal planet and so the implication is later in the movie that there were more Maximals on that arc uh, that left but we don't see them ever and now they're just dead yeah. I really don't like that because it really limits you be like. Like, are you just gonna? Is that supposed to be like, oh yeah, Rat Trap was in this movie? So before before she said that that everyone's dead, I assumed they were they were all just still on the other planet, and like these are the ones who escaped, and they were just living in a really bad time, and we would come rescue them or something. Yeah. But no, they also came with us, but they they just died off screen. I'm like, what? I wish you just didn't tell me that. You didn't have yeah. to tell me that, and the movie would have been totally the same. You could have just been like, yeah, we lost track of Ares or once. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. Or like, yeah, we had others, but we don't know what happened to them. And then that just leaves it open for the future to do whatever yeah. you want. Like you, right. you made it so finite for no reason. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of one of my issues with with the Maximals is I do think I do really like seeing the Maximals. Yeah. But Cheetor and Rhinox are just kind of set dressing, and yeah. we never see we we hardly see them in their robot forms. We only ever see we mostly see them in their beast modes, which is fine. They look great. I but I will say I did I did um. 
I didn't I didn't go yeah for the double rollout moment. I did go yeah for the maximize moment. And see, I think that's why it's worth it because if we saw the robot transformations early, that final scene wouldn't be a payoff because like that's that maximize moment, and then you finally get to see what they all look like. I'm like, oh, that was worth. Oh it. yeah, the second one, Ron Perlman says Max. Um, Cheetor Rhinox maximize even like I was like yeah that's yeah that's I I yeah I, I'm with you guys like that's a really good point Ryan I didn't think about that that moment is really good because we don't see them in their robot forms it's in that case I'll say it's 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 kind of a bummer we don't get to really get a good look at Cheetor and Rhinox's uh, robot designs because they're only briefly seen in the in the fight I agree and that's one thing where like I. I, I don't particularly love that last fight just because uh, the the giant like drone of like end game enemies that were fighting on like the barren wasteland. Like the only real color that happens in that fight is like when Bumblebee shows up, and that's an also another problem I have with the movie is like fake killing Bumblebee. Like, are you you really think <laughs> I'm gonna believe that you're gonna kill Bumblebee? And the other part about that is because since we're already here, I cannot talk about it. Uh, yeah. I knew he wasn't dead the second this happened. That's fine, whatever. They keep dragging his dead body around everywhere they go, <laughs> and they keep just dropping like. You're just carrying him around like, you know he's not dead. If he were actually dead, you would leave him behind or whatever, or you'd bury him. But you know he just had a movie, and we have other movies that we may or may not be setting up to, depending on who you ask. Yeah, it's that's the thing. I, I don't... Since we're, since we're talking about thing, the stakes... It's such a waste of time of the movie. It did not need to happen. Since we're talking about the stakes, I agree 100% with Ryan. I don't think killing both Bumblebee and Mirage, fake killing both Bumblebee and Mirage, works to this movie's favor. And it sucks that the only Transformer we lose is air razor like yes. how shitty must that be for primal knowing that both of prime's transform autobots came back but air razor didn't <laughs> yeah we were both fine <laughs> yeah it's a and, and that's such a bummer because like part part of this is selfish because like i i want i want you to cut the i want you to cut that cord to the bay films um is to keep bumblebee dead because that we've yeah. had six movies with bumblebee he had his own movie kill him and how yeah. bold would that be because it's a really sad moment it is. And that's, and that's, this is the part where like, we're like being, knowing how Hollywood works is like, I couldn't just live in that moment. Cause like, I knew it wasn't real. Like yeah. you cannot convince me just because I know how Hollywood works producers, you, the producers like, Oh, this is a prequel to the Bay movie. So like, you're not killing Bumblebee. And then there's the moment of like, Oh, these energon rocks. So maybe if there's enough energy, he could come back to life. And like, all that is just for a setup. So you can have a music sting of don't call it a comeback. That's all that's for. All of that is, is so he can come onto the battlefield like Thor, which is, is a cool moment. Like I'm it's not cool gonna moment. lie, like it is a cool moment. And again, he is the color. He's the yellow driving through the through the gray, and I'm like, that's really good looking. I'm like, I wish he didn't have to be dead for half the movie for it. Yeah, I I wish that there were more stakes in the film. Specifically, I just honestly, I could buy you you bring back Mirage. I and I'd be happy with that. I think killing both Air Razor and Bumblebee makes for a more impactful film. And I was I love the 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 first like the ending of mirage when i thought he was going to i thought like man that sucks like i actually really like this transformer but like this is a good ending like he sacrificed himself for a brother it taught it taught uh uh our character like a lesson and stuff then also he didn't die and i'm like oh. yeah it's a good moment and stuff. but if like, we oh. if we had if we knew if we hadn't just gotten bumblebee back that moment would have been oh no we didn't get bumblebee back yet so that was bumblebee comes back shortly after because yeah it's like, it's like a one-two punch yeah yeah because bumblebee uh, he's like he's the moment after something bad happens where this is the good moment about to happen yeah, yeah. because then uh, anthony ramos gets the armor gets the mirage yeah. armor which looks pretty cool mm -hmm. honestly the spike the spike wikipedia armor that is yeah. pretty cool he's little yeah. iron man love it um so i so like you know i i agree with ryan um there's ryan mentioned my 
the his favorite transformation in the movie my one of my my favorite all time is when the was when was when optimus is saved by primal and 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 uh, noah diaz and you see him like like his legs bent backwards his torso spins around and, and oh, he's yeah. like i was like that's awesome yeah uh, i love a, i love uh, that transformation yeah um let's see rc is pretty cool again like a lot of these all these guys are kind of like just in the movie and they're there to be cool much and they are cool um I do like the chase scene where she's with Wheeljack and like the missile goes through and he has to open his door yeah. for the missile. Like that's that's some that's some good uh, I, some good action. I know you said I know you said you didn't like the end the end the end fight scene and I, I totally respect that. I really like all the action sequences in this one and I liked mm-hmm. how much there were because I thought there was some real there's some really good Transformer action sequences in this movie for me. Um, the fight on the on the highway with Scourge and Optimus is yes. so cool. Yeah. The fight at I the love- end with Scourge and Optimus. Oh yeah, I love all the individual fights. I think all those are pretty good. Like the uh, the fight at the museum, like when we first meet our villains and stuff. Like I think all that stuff's really cool. I really like again. Like there's not there's not a lot of depth, but like I really like our villains. Like yeah. my favorite, I don't even remember. I think it's Nightwing. Is that with the pink the pink flyer? I think, I think it's, it's Nightwing. I think it's Night Scream. Night Scream, whatever it is. Maybe. I think she's just a bad bitch who likes to kill people. And I'm like, hell yeah, you look cool. She's I got like- a great design. I like Scourge a lot, actually, because I, I like the this concept that this guy's just evil, but also yeah. he's desperate for, for Unicron's approval. He yeah, is. Oh, yeah. I love that he's genuinely a threat to our Transformers and scared of Unicron because mm-hmm. it. I think it did effectively create the stakes of like, oh, well, shit, if, Uni- if he's scared of Unicron, then Unicron's way, way, way worse. And we, yeah. we know mm-hmm. that textually, but it, it gives kind of this context of the film. I do really like um i think unicorn looks great like i think mm-hmm. the opening like i think his design like that is just like they got that design great that's perfect i like that it didn't kill him so there is still like a future where like there can be a yeah, he's got to be teleported battle. into the into the center of the earth yeah. <laughs> man the producer's really gonna have a hard time explaining that one i think yep 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 what if that what if that really is the plot of the next movie like we gotta teleport him and it's like it's the core of the earth now oh i might be okay with it I don't know, man. I don't want that. Uh, I don't want I you to limit not. this because I, I want no, you to. I, I want you to keep going. It, it should have just been like a soft reboot. It's like don't worry about it too much, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I I really like Unicron's design, also, Ryan. I think it, I think he looks awesome. I part of me wishes he had transformed. There's no room for that in the movie, but I I hope we see it someday. Yeah, I'm actually really okay. We only saw Unicron Unicron in planet form because Guys. even in planet form, especially when he like eats a planet for the first time like in the but in it looks the just first... like the animated movie too exactly i thought it was cool and like seeing that cgi just seeing that animated that style and or in modern ways it's just like yo unicron is a threat unicron yeah. is just like god damn who win to fight unicron or galactus um uh that's pretty <laughs> I mean, good was... to watch i mean oh, obviously yeah, actually... both... oh sorry go ahead no i would say both are threats but just seeing unicron seeing how huge he is just seeing how big and how these giant pincers just like break into a planet he's yeah. eating a planet the scale, like the, the scale is effective the, the scale is like damn so this um, is this is right. something um i remember this from the transformers the movie um he basically has like a silver surfer he has an emissary mm-hmm. uh because that became that's what megatron became galvatron right isn't that the whole the yeah. whole thing okay so like so like scourge getting like super powerful i like that idea that like oh he has like dark energy I wish, I wish they called it Energon. Dark Energon, yeah. I was yeah. like, it's right there, guys. Um, I I like the final battle with Scourge and Optimus and and I keep mixing their Anthony Ramos is 
Nolan, Nolan Diaz. Diaz. No, yeah, yeah. Um, I, it feels like, I guess it's the power of friendship and teamwork. I guess I'm a, I'm fine with that answer. But like, I thought this dude was supposed to be like unkillable, and then like Optimus very easily kills him. Uh, and I guess like, I guess I totally don't have a problem with that. I just like they were shooting him earlier and like nothing was happening. And I'm like, now they're just able to take him out. And I wish there could have been something like, Oh, my connection to, to is losing something. I don't know. There's a toy that, it, that has Optimus that has this Optimus, uh, beast, uh, rise of the beast Optimus, uh, but his chest is open. And we see the, um, and we see the, the matrix, the matrix of leadership. I, so I th- kind of went into this movie thinking we would see, because it's, a, it's designed like it would be from this movie. I thought we would see the matrix of leadership and that's how he beats scourge. Cause mm. there's power within the matrix yeah yeah um i thought that was gonna be the case i was a little surprised it's not but i really like i love it when when optimus gets the upper hand because he like throws lava at scourge and like just yeah. slicing i'm like that's that's pretty cool yeah, yeah. just like his whole this thing belongs like, to a friend of mine <laughs> that was i love that bit and also i just like how scourge that uh, he takes a trophy he takes the emblems that's from awesome. every transformer he kills yeah and I just also I just love how you see Decepticons, you see the Predacons, Maximals, Autobot, everyone. He he does not care. Um, who's who's the who's Scourge? Isn't it? Um, Scourge is a Terracon. He is Peter Dinklage. Sorry, yeah, Peter Dinklage. Yeah, I think he's he's good. Oh, cool. Yeah. I didn't know he was Peter. Cool, cool, cool Phantom of the Phantom of the Transformers thing. Going yeah, on. I I like the idea that his lo- that it was a mask. I like that was cool. Yeah, 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 because his face was all busted up. Also, I like how he he must have portrayed his planet because Unicron does say you'll die with the rest of your planet, so he must have joined up with Unicron just to save himself. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, um, I was. Um, I like the scene where Noah gets the Mirage armor. I think that's really cool. And if you, I, I can tr- go somewhere if you if you're struggling to find a point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go somewhere. Uh, okay, so I really like. Um, I'm really happy that the beast war that the beast machines are in it that uh, the maximals are in it. I'm really happy about that because um, I think they're really cool characters and I want to see more of them. I wish they were more explicit with where they came from because there's yeah. there's two lines where uh, he says I'm from your past uh, and your future where Razor says I'm from your past and your future and she's and then there's a line where optimus primal says i'm named after you the legendary cybertron warrior i mm-hmm. went because so it's clearly in the movie that they're from the future and they went to the past but it's not explicitly stated within the film so it ends up just kind of being weird weirdly confusing lines yeah um ryan is oh no i was just gonna agree with you like like i think because i think it's you don't have to have like like pre notions of it, but like it is kind of a thing where like we are from the future and we came to the past. We only say it once. You just have to kind of remember that and just and like they don't they don't do a good job of really explaining that because like that is like that is a heady ass concept. Like the, the MacGuffin and like I didn't realize this was like a I thought this was the, like because I'm not mm-hmm. super caught up on Beast War stuff. Like the the trans dimensional space time device, the trans warp, like what a trans warp what? conduit. What a MacGuffin. Holy shit. Like, that is the most powerful. Not only could it go anywhere in space, anywhere in time. It's a TARDIS. They have a they have a TARDIS in their hands. And these, this monkey man just has it in his backyard. And I'm like, that is the strongest MacGuffin. Why does anybody have this? That's crazy. And, uh, that, and, and even, like, crazy. Optimus says, like, this went, this went missing thousands of years ago. So, like, it creates this weird thing of, like, well, I, I, I wish that they had just not even said, like, uh, you know, here's the whole story of the Beast Wars, but just be like, we were we were we're from the future of Cybertron, and we came to the to Earth's past. Just that, but I think the only reason it's not explicitly stated is because 
they have to end up on they have to be on another planet in this time period for this for for them to to uh say that unicron is a threat because otherwise if unicron's in the future and they find them going to the past there's no reason for unicron to give a shit about where they went um but doing it like this way makes it so that scourge has to come to earth and find the transwarp key and that would bring unicron here that's the only reason why they don't explicitly explain explain it and i I find that just kind of a bummer yeah again i don't particularly think the script is super hot um (laughs) again like this MacGuffin thing like like it's perfect for beast wars like hey we're just gonna use the thing but like it is it's just so it's so ridiculous Um, it's optimus optimus's hope to to go home this uh this, this thing yeah yeah, um, I will say about the beast about the beast um, the beast wars bit. I like how des- how their designs are still very Cybertronian, alien mechanically. Oh, they got they're, fur. Oh, it looks so. I mean, good. yeah, they they do have fur, but it's oh, but you can still tell that they're aliens. There's, the, I mean, obviously Optimus Primal is this giant alien. It's not like what's behind Ryan right now, which is like a oh, this is what an actual. They look like actual animals, and then they transform into robots. They are still. I mean. They are still animal characteristics, but you're tell they're, they're robots. I I love the designs. Like I love that. Like it is. It's like seamless. Like metal. Like mesh fur. Like just everywhere yeah. at all times. Like it. Like it. Like doesn't make sense. Like how did how how are you born? How does this? It's, it look. Yeah. It looks so cool. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of a later um, season of the Beast Wars where they where some of the Beast um, where some of the machines get transmetals where they're yeah. like more shiny metallic designs but they're still animals like Megatron mm. is like now this metallic purple he doesn't he has like hover planes on his legs yeah uh, I know what you're talking about. yeah yeah so yeah. it kind of reminds me of that a little bit but also I mean toned down quite a bit but still it's like here's a robot ape I think so, I prefer real quick sorry but I think I, I honestly I understand like the originals. I think I prefer these designs where like they still look like they're robots. Like they don't just turn into basically like the animal versions. I like that you can still see the the robot aspects of it. And you know if they if they didn't like Optimus Prime would be really small <laughs> because yeah. if he turned into like a real ape, he'd be like the size of <laughs> Optimus like Prime's gun. But like, woo, 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 woo. yeah. Um, Mag is in the comment. At Magazine in the comments, uh, I'm hoping they bring in Nemesis Prime in the future or the Unicron's other uh, followers in Transformers Armada. So that makes sense. Um, Mag, go watch Transformers War for Cybertron Kingdom if you want that, because that's a pretty good season. There you go. There you go. Uh, Nemesis and Galvatron, Nemesis and Galvatron come from the pa- come from the future to fight their past selves. That's pretty sweet. Pretty cool. Um, cool. So. Yeah, I, I agree. I like the I like the Maximals designs in this one. It does suck, as Ben said, that there are no Predacons, uh, unless you count Scorponok. Um, But he, but it's kind of. I'm I'm glad they used Scourge. If you're not going to get to use Megatron, but it's kind of a bummer that the first time we see the Beast Machines, the Predacons aren't there. Yeah. Oh yeah, and like after after reading our book club, where I. I because again, I have a memory base force is gone after reintroducing myself to Magmatron, the coolest freaking guy on the planet. He's three dinosaurs that turns into one robot. If we're never going to see that guy, that makes me really sad. <laughs> that makes me really sad because that dude, how do you make that work in live action? He's a chimera, he's a literal chimera transformer. Like, that's so dope. Uh, uh that's a shame. Um, yeah, so uh, a couple of more notes I have here. Um, 
the sound design in this movie, I think, is really good, as well as the music. I, I just want to say that I like the music a lot. They use Steve Jablonski's score from the first Transformers. I know. Like, I did Bumblebee do that? No, Bumblebee didn't do that. Because I, I definitely noticed the na 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 I'm like, that's the w- w- wiki. Where are you at? <laughs> yeah, um, which I, I like that score, so I was happy to hear it. Um, it's good. The sound design, I think, is really good. There's a lot of moments where this film really embraces the 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 transforming sound effect from from G one. The, the what is it? What has it been? You can do it better. Yeah, they you, but not just that sound effect because they do have that sound effect, but they have the metal clings in the same tones a lot of time when Optimus's mass is like, and it's really it's yeah. really cool that they've embraced that in a way that's really true, but also really unique because. Bay didn't. Bay only used the sound effect within the transforming noise, and mm-hmm. because they transformed for like days. Yeah, um, so I, I just thought that was really cool and What's, really happy. Yeah. What was the name of the skinny robot thief in Transformers One? He like he could turn pencil thin. Ra- uh, not, wait, the, pencil, the pencil thin one? Are you? Are, isn't that the? Isn't that the beads from Transformers Two? No, I'm thinking of Transformers One. It's like it, it, there's like frenzy, uh, uh, frenzy. frenzy. Did were not were the end game mindless drones remind you of Frenzy at all? Yeah. They kind of had yeah. similar. Okay, they felt like it was like the proto version of what Frenzy becomes. Okay, there's I was too, like, that's, that's fun. There's not there's a little too much Bay in this movie. I think for the most part, this movie has a really interesting energy to it. It's it's really nice that this is the first film directed by a person of color. Uh, the first Transformers film directed by a person of color. It feels yeah. different. It feels like it has a different energy to it, which I like. One thing that I that honestly I really really appreciate it is 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 the diversity of it. Like being in ni- not just nineteen ninety four, but being being with Latino and black characters. Uh, going to Peru, spending a lot of time in Peru, a beautiful place. Um, it was like it it was different than your average just like white people in a town. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it, was really, it was like it, it it looked different than your average Transformers movie, which was also really nice. And the the sound the sound design for Unicron is really good, like because mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys felt this, but in my theater both times I could feel his his size coming to the screen, like the, my chair was shaking. Uh, I thought that was my cool. theater uh, specifically. The most I felt a rumble, uh, it's when Optimus Prime was walking close to the screen, and I felt the boo the boo. I'm like, <laughs> oh, those are some hefty thumps. <laughs> yeah. Now, I will say the sound design, when they turn the bass up, you definitely feel how big these machines are. And I love that part. I wish, I, I, had that, that I, wish I had the sound for this movie that I had for Spider-Verse. <laughs> uh, the Maximals, I have in my note, I just wish we got more Maximals in this movie. Yep. There's a world where I think you can make, we can kind of split off and make a Beast Wars movie and a Transformers movie. So that's my question. I, I don't know how well this movie is, will do, and I don't know if they want to do Transformers spinoffs when they're already kind of doing a side thing with the Bumblebee, you know, like soft reboot thing. Yeah. I, I'm I, I'm wondering about the next movie, whether they're going to continue to do the X-Men first class route of like, oh, this one's in like 1998. It's, a four, it's four more years in the future, right? Or is it going to be Transformers 6 or whatever, and it's in 2023 because like i don't want that even if it's a new director like i like this this like almost nostalgic like we're going into the past and see how the transformers like built their way in society with us and stuff and like especially with like the end of this movie where that goes like it feels like they're gonna lead more into that version yeah. than transformer spinoff movies you know what i, I mean? really like that the transformers had been there for for years but at this point i thought i thought that I, I really enjoyed that and it felt like they had not that they were just put in stasis for a couple of years until the next movie question yeah. uh the dinobots are just sleeping somewhere when this is happening right no the dinobots because i just watched this movie no, um no, no, please explain, i don't remember uh the dinobots are currently 
probably with lockdown on his ship out in deep space. Oh, got it. Okay. Before he comes to Earth. Because they're, Lockdown they're, had taken the, the Dinobots. I forgot they're tied together. Oh, on Cybertron, right? Yeah. I oh, don't like... I don't like that there's still someone who wants to connect to the Bay films because I want Megatron. I want the Dinobots. I want you to do it right this time. And so far, in my opinion, you're two for two. Yeah. And you weren't even that with the with the Bay films. Uh, so like I'm, I really want to see this continue. I see the path of doing Transformers and then doing Beast Wars at, at the same time because we get more Beast Wars. Should we talk about the ending? That's why I'm. Yeah. That's why I don't. That's why I'm more like as long as we get more of of the the Beast Wars stuff. Like again, they they kind of cap themselves by saying everyone else is dead, but they could also just retcon that and like who really cares? Because like want I know T-Rex we Megatron. Exactly. Like we just want more of it. So like just I've, forget you ever wrote that. I not only want T Rex Megatron. I want Dinobot. Yeah. Dinobot's great. I want I want Dinobot as a maximal. That's what I want. And the Dinobots. I want Dinobot and the Dinobots. How? Oh, yeah, we so want it all. Um. So the end of this film sets up what I thought was Sector Seven. Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. Yes. Because Bumblebee says the Sector Seven is still in this world. They want to connect it. Okay, this is Sector Seven. It is the most unhinged thing to just be like, not nah, GI Joe. And here's the thing about it. It's it's incredibly like subtle. It's not big explosion. It's not Dwayne the Rock Johnson kicking in the door. It's time to join the Joes. It's like, hey, what's up, man? Uh, I heard you deal with aliens. Go check out over here. That's cool. Here's hey, here's my card. And like, it, I, it telegraphs I, it just before. It... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, no, you go ahead. Oh, so it telegraphs it just before because the plaque that he moves says "Real American Hero" on it. Yeah, that's when I knew. That's when I knew, and I'm like. Is that just, are we just, are we having fun here and it's still going to be Sector 7? And then the car, he's like, oh, it's G.I. Joe. And it's like, it's just like so like nonchalant. And mm-hmm. I'm like, synergy. It's so funny. But it's so weird. They've been trying to do a Transformers G.I. Joe crossover movie for a really long time. Uh, they they are practically in the same universe no matter what now. Yep. And the fact that they, that they were like, nah, that we're going to tease a G.I. Joe crossover I mean, look, that might be the only way to make a good G.I. Joe movie. Who knows? Um, but it's so... It, 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 real quick, yeah. I think both of those movies are a lot of fun. Well, that's fair. Um, the, But it's such, a, it's such a wild... And quite frankly, I believe it's like the most unhinged ending. Because it's so out of left field. And it's, and it's so bold. And it's so pompous. And it's so interesting. And I'm like, I want it, actually. I want you to... I want it for you. I want you to be able to do this finally. Yeah. yeah. And the, 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 the really cool thing is, is that again, this takes place in like 1994. So like if you would have just told me a sex or seven is GI Joe, I'm like, okay, that lines up whatever, but like, they're not nearly as cool as GI Joe. Um, this, this, this reminds me of like Evangelion 2.0, where it's like, this is where you think sector seven would come in, but now instead it's GI Joe. And this is the branching timeline. So now we will get new stuff and we don't have to worry about the past. And, I'm and like, it's got to be a branching timeline because G.I. Joe's not in the Bay films. Yeah, that's what I mean. And like, unless G.I. Joe's going to die in, in the 13 years before the Transformers comes out from 94 to 2007, uh, which I don't think is going to happen. So like, I think they're quietly, I think the producer's just doing his producing thing. Like, oh, they're connected. It's, you know, a brand synergy. But I think once you do this G.I. Joe thing and you realize you cannot connect these movies, he's going to back off and like, no, this is the future of the Transformers and G.I. Joe franchise, not the past. And like, he better, yeah. he better because I mean, if he does, that brings up a lot, that makes a lot more characters are on the table because 
they he won't let Megatron be used because he's on he's on ice in this in this moment. But RC is in two, so he kind of slipped up. RC is in Revenge of the Fallen. Yeah, I think. I think after, man, again, having Unicron be like one of your villains in this is already really incredibly weird because like they got to put that dude in our earth. <laughs> He's got to be in the earth. And I don't know how that's possible. So like, I do hope and think that they will just back off because like you'll just make more money if you don't care about it. If you just tell yeah. a fun story, just have Megatron be there. Who cares? Let him be a dinosaur. Like, no, not only that, have, not only that, have Megatron be there and work with Cobra Commander. <laughs> yes. So funny. Yes. <laughs> yes. Look, he look, holds the every- gun that Megatron becomes. Not only that, not only that, because and they're both voiced by Frank Welker. <laughs> yes, hell yeah, no, because the GI Joe and Transformers, they've, 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 um, the comics cross the them comics. over all the time. Yeah, yeah, the comics cross them over all the time. There's like this really cool Decepticon Cobra logo that I think is really rad. Yeah, I honestly, you cannot give me you if you drop that subtly that subtle GI Joe bit. You have to. I feel like now you have to give me a GI Joe Transformers movie, or at least you have to. You have to do something with that because now it's just like that's in my brain. That's what I want now. I want yeah. GI Joe crossing Transformers, and I actually agree with Brandon where you can take away um, the Beast War, the Beast Machines, and have it, oh, their own separate Beast Wars movie, and just call it Beast Wars. Yeah. Just tell, just call it what the original cartoon was: Beast Wars Transformers. Bring in. Uh, t-rex megatron bring it uh bring in all the other predacons bring the war to earth but just have it out somewhere maybe very minimal human characters again but because there were I would because you could a... set up real quickly ben you could set up because they do kind of set up the idea that you can split uh go either way at the end of this film by keeping the maximals in peru you can have it be like oh the predacons are on earth now the maximals gotta fight them and then and then you got the transformers gi joe crossover and then you got the big crossover with the two megatrons team up and they fight yeah see that's actually brilliant that's brilliant pay me i i i I, I got your franchise paramount call me hasbro call us there are so many interesting ways that this can go and I'm just curious if they're just going to take like the lamest way and they're not going to do a crossover. And this was just a soft launch of like G.I. Joe starring this guy coming out in 2025 and there's no relation, but it's just in the same universe until the next one. I'm like, no, just start hard. Get people to want to see a G.I. Joe movie. Put Megatron in it. Put a dinosaur robot in that movie where he has to fight Dwayne the Rock we, Johnson. As Ben has said, we have seen Megatron and Cobra Commander, but we have never seen both Megatrons and Cobra Commander. That's true. Not only that, have like have like the first trailer be the Cobra Commander and announcing to his troops and how he has a new ally and Megatron walks out with the Cobra oh, no, with the Cobra like, Decepticon logo on how, his chest. How excellent! How excellent! I'm sorry. How excellent would this be? Would this be the first movie? The trailer is like Cobra Commander's got a new tank, and it's like it's a it's a great tank. We're like, oh, interesting. And then we watch the movie, and then we don't see the trailer. But when we watch the movie, that tank turns into Megatron. You're like, oh my god, it's a Transformers movie. <laughs> They did it. Unless Robert, unless, unless Robert Kirkman leaks it to the press, the Transformers are in it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 I'm kind of really, really interested to see where that goes. It got me more excited than not. I think also that actor, I forget his name, but he's a great character actor. He shows up in so many things. Uh, he's like a perfect dude. Like, I'm a dude in a suit doing my thing. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, uh, it's, it's exciting. Um, okay let's um, oh, real quick sorry i've i've uh, like i said before like i've never really cared about gi joes in my life so like this is probably the most excited i've ever been just because it's tied to transformers yeah. just so everyone knows like yeah. i don't i'm not a G, i'm not gonna become a gi joe stand overnight or anything tomorrow you're gonna be like guys i love you no i'm kidding yeah i read all the comics um this is just a quick note 
this is the first time that the uh, Transformers talk in their uh, vehicle modes. Um, they never do in the Bay films or in Bumblebee, unless you count the radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this is the first time that they do, and I thought that was cool. It's cute that, like, Bumblebee, you gotta stop going to those drive-ins. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty, you can't that's handle cool. the truth. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I really like Pete Davidson. I already said that. I just want to kind of, like, bat that in. I think he's great yeah. in this movie. I, again, like, I, I'm, I'm really, I think they got, the, they got a really good human story, and, like, if, like, I don't necessarily need five writers on the next Transformers movie, but like whoever had this core story of the family stuff, like maybe get them back. Whoever, Toby, maybe if you're the guy, uh, uh, I didn't, I didn't care for Obi-Wan too much, but like, you know, you, you did some good family stuff here. I like it. Yeah. I mean, also like Obi-Wan, he was the movie. He was the guy who wrote the movie. So they used the script for the show. Oh, okay. That's sure. That makes sense. So maybe that movie was better. Yeah. Yeah. The core of it. Yeah. Magazine in the comments say would love if they did Loch Ness or Bigfoot as Maximals in future oh Transformers God. movies. Loch Ness is the plesiosaur of Magmatron. The, 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 oh! Um, yeah, I like the I like the banter between Optimus and Primal. Uh, I like the I like the final battle. I like I really like the save. I really like this movie. I had a, I had a really good time. I had a better time. I, I I was a little worried about it, but I had a better time than I thought. Um. Yeah, okay. I, I guess I don't really have much more to add, so should we rate it? Let's rate I it. I say yeah. Rate right. it and we... uh, Ben, why don't you go first? Because of my theater experience, I'm probably going to give it a 7.5. Mm-hmm. I still think the movie was good. Had I had a better experience to get up, it would probably raise the bar. After talking with Brandon after the film, I realized, I said, oh no, this movie is... It, there are some issues with the movie, but all in all, I still enjoy it. I'll still definitely watch this again when it comes out on Paramount Plus. On Paramount Plus. I had a good time that the action scenes are good um i could just use a little bit more maximals but other than that i would say solid and for once i love the human characters in this movie they are awesome i want to say i really like Haley steinfeld and bumblebee i just think ramos is better i agree yeah. i think she's great i just think like i i need to rewatch Bumblebee because i don't remember like i know she has like i know she has agency as well but i just feel like the humans like had like they did a lot of shit in this movie and they weren't just totally tied and reliant on the humans it's, it's on the because robot. it feels it's because it feels so fresh because they have a different goal than the autobots you know I, that's yeah. what i think anyway i think it just it puts a light on them because they are not not a, a antagonist but they are not aligned yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and that creates the like through line of like you know i forgot that we we're supposed to fight till all are one that's true. Oh, so, that's a good callback too at the end. All our one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ryan, what would you rate it? I will also rate it seven point five. Uh, I think it's awesome. Uh, I uh, I don't think it's awesome. I just gave it a seven point five. I think it's pretty good. Uh, there's a lot of I do have a lot of flaws with it, but like um, the core of it's really strong. Um, I could see myself like I could see myself watching this again. I think uh, I think like if that final battle were just like remove a lot of those robots and just have it be more like one-on-one fights. Like I know this is an awful comparison, but like the ending of Mortal Kombat Annihilation, the second Mortal Kombat movie where the final battle, it's just a lot of one-on-ones with everyone's like nemesis of the movie. Mm-hmm. I wish it kind of just ended like that. Um, but overall, like I think it's a, it's a really good, it's a really good Transformers movie. It's a really great human Transformers movie, uh, which, which is, which I, I didn't think I wanted as much until I finally got it. So for me personally, I really like this movie. I think this movie is awesome. I, I had a great time. I, I thought it's funny. I really liked the action. Uh, I, even the final battle. Um, I, I don't think. So I, I would give it, I think it's a solid eight for me. Mm-hmm. I think it's a solid eight for me, 
but my enjoyment of it is going to bump it to an 8.5. Hell yeah. Uh, so right. It is my second favorite Transformers film um, by far. Um, I, I, I have soured on the first Transformers film a little bit more, but Dark of the Moon I still like. Yeah. So there's, I understand that the, the, the pickings are slim, but like it, yeah. it I, the, this and Bumblebee, I think they're the one, two punch of just really good Transformers movies. I agree. Like, like this is like, this is like, you know, there are like low sevens and high, this is like a high seven. Like this yeah. is almost, yeah. like, I, there, I, there's a lot of, there's a lot of really great stuff in this movie. Um, again, it's like killing Bumblebee for no reason. That's like, I, you know, I don't know why we did, why we did that. Um, yeah. Um, okay. So that's yeah. 8.5. Um, shall we go into our book club then? Okay, so it is Ben's turn for the book club. Ben, why don't you take it away? I most certainly will. So my book club, since we're talking about Beast uh, Transformers Rise of the Beast with the Beast Wars, I figured let's read a Beast Wars comic because I had never read a Beast Wars comic before. And mm-hmm. I picked Beast Wars The Gathering, which is written by Don Figueroa and drawn by Simon Furman. This was published by IDW. I don't know what year it was published in, but it was definitely back then. The, 2006. Um, there we go. And what did you guys think of this one? I, I was I must say because this is one of those ones I just like I just threw a dart I just looked up a a, a Beast Wars mm-hmm. book that was complete it was only four issues I'm like oh this will be a quick easy read at first I didn't think I was gonna like it but the more I read into it the more I enjoyed it and I want to know what you guys think no I'm with you I think the first issue uh the first issue it has to do a lot because one it has to set up the entire world of of the Beast Wars but also for unfamiliar people for the show it has to set all that up. Uh, so it has to set up the show, the plot, all these new characters, all this stuff. Um, uh, and it's, I think it's juggling a lot. And I think it's, a, I think it's, it's a little obtuse at the beginning, but once issue two happens, once like all uh, the big heroes are like unfrozen and stuff at the end of issue one, it starts to really come together. I had a really good time by the end of it. Um, I don't think it's like anything super incredible, but like, I, I think it's got really fun art. Uh, I, over time, I got to really like appreciate like some of the character stuff. Like again, like Magmatron, like he's just like another like evil Megatron guy, but like his design is so cool. I really, I did not remember this three in one dinosaur man, uh, and I just that's thought because he was awful. that's because he is a from he is from Japan. He actually oh. has never been in the show. Well, there you go. I, I never didn't know who he was. Also, uh, here's a picture of a giant baboon ass. <laughs> that's from a comic book everybody uh, really excited to see that i thought that was really funny um, so it's also, really funny right now real quickly ryan your yeah. screen we can still hear you fine but your screen has frozen on that baboon ass because i got another great panel for you here's a dog uh farting an explosion okay now we can one. see this look at this a dog oh, farting yeah. an explosion that's a great one uh i really like the art there's just a couple funny ones um uh yeah it's a it's a it's a, a good four issue beast war uh i'm glad i read it mm-hmm i didn't like it mm-hmm. okay so mm-hmm. i i i think this film i think this comic does two things to alienate me which is assume that you have intimate knowledge with beast wars yes. and mm-hmm. introduce way too many new characters yes oh yeah um and it was very hard to follow because of that um because i read after on like transformerspedia whatever it was called teletran one i think where it's like mm-hmm. oh this is set during season three and like they're talking about like oh the chronal we're here as nanosecond before them. So we, so they can't see us. And I'm like, this is, you're not even giving me the characters I'm aware of. You're, you're introducing the, you're introducing this new part of an existing Canon. 
Brandon, hold on. The yeah. Actually, Brandon, the term is chronically displaced. Yeah, okay. <laughs> There's a whole monologue about why this nonsense is happening. And, and yeah. like, I just don't understand, like, so like it, it's set in it's set in the future of the future Transformers and they go to a certain point of the past. Like it Transformers Beast Wars is already a kind of complicated show because of its time travel thing, but this kind of made it a lot worse. It it's yeah. it is trying to be a season within a season of an already complicated thing. Where yeah. it's like we have to be we have to not complicate the past or the future of the show that we're trying to tell a story in. But because we're dealing with time travel and nonsense, it's going to make it complicated. So, like, I 100% agree with you. Uh, it did take me It did take me a while to, like, get into the groove of it. Uh, again, like, I don't think this is the greatest thing ever. But once I was able to, like, allocate myself to it, um, I kind of just focused on the characters that I really like. And, and I think the action is pretty good. I do um, think some yeah. of the designs are good. There's um, Torka. I've never seen that dude. It's like, it's like a walking orca with tusks. Yeah, he's cool. What's the coolest thing ever? And Grimlock isn't like the real Grimlock is in this, but as a real dinosaur. Sure, whatever. Yeah. And like that—that's kind of the thing. I'm sorry, sorry, Ben. I'm so sorry, Ben. But I'll I'll, I'll be know. I'll be done after this. Uh, but like that's the thing. Like Grimlock shows up. Like the real Grimlock shows up, and it's because yeah, there's Torka on the screen. Oh yeah. Uh, and it's because he had he had reverted into another proto form, which is what their which is what those stasis pods have that they're stamping Predacon or Maximal. He he was he had been turned into a protoform and and was reborn as a maximal thousands of years in his future when he was an autobot. And I'm like, this is a lot, guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I bet if you are a like hardcore Beast Wars guy, like this comic is all is is perfect for you. Uh I definitely had had some of those problems. And again, the the chronal skipping stuff is really funny. Because like it's just like an excuse for like we can't interfere with any of the things that are happening, like even though that would be cool. Uh just really weird uh it's i will give it credit for like going bonkers like this is a big sci-fi like hardcore sci-fi story with like a lot of techno nonsense happening a lot of transformer shit like it is it is not a lazy comic by any means right um it's just it might be just too much for for anyone trying to get a hey what's beast wars about oh my god <laughs> yeah it's so Sorry, yeah at you. I will say when I first started reading this, I was also very confused because I thought I was going to be reading a story about the Maximals and Predacons. I mean, I I did, but the whole the the Tripredicus Council and the oh Maximal <laughs> Imperium, I'm like, what does happen? And also the fact that they're back on Cybertron, I'm like, what? I was extremely extremely confused. So, so they're on they're on Cybertron because Beast Machines, the sequel to Beast Wars, takes place on Cybertron. Okay. So that was a show, but this is also set a thousand years in that future where they're now at peace, the Maximals and the Predacons, but Magmatron doesn't want to be at peace. So he goes back in time because of the Tri-Preda whatever council Mm -hmm. to steal Megatron for a crime that he did, which doesn't make sense if you're trying not to screw up the timeline. Why are you taking Megatron? And then if, Razor Beast was sent by the good guys to infiltrate the bad guys to stop all of this from happening. And it took me a while to realize everything happening until Razor Beast was like, oh, "I'm the and I'm like, oh, and, oh, okay, sure, yeah, yeah." Um, I, the the ending is so funny. Um, and this is I don't remember who this character is, but he's like, hmm, "Oh, nothing, Prowl. I was just thinking somewhere out there the Beast Wars are happening." <laughs> and Prowl, Prowl who is also a Decepticon reincarnated yeah. as a Predacon because he was on the Alaxis Al- or whatever the spaceship was that took the Maximals to Earth. Good design. Which, which, which 
it's a lot it's a lot i can yeah. i can yeah. this plot is a lot and quite frankly it's yeah. too much yeah i mean once i got once i the more i started reading it the more i started to like you know connect the dots a little bit i was able to in, somewhat enjoy the story that was being presented to me which is razorback trying to build a militia of, of maximals to fight against this other militia of predacons because it's a war going on underneath the, the main war that we know of um I mean, it's it's a decent story, but yeah, I do because my knowledge of Beast Wars really only stems from the '90s show, and that's just and once again, I haven't seen that show in eons. I tried watching the first few episodes when I found out on Netflix one day. I could not get through two episodes because yikes! Look at that! Look, look at them! Look at them! Yeah, I know. I'm looking at them. That is some. I mean, as much as I have a fondness for the time, it is definitely not a type of animation I want to go back to. Uh, Rough animation that, to watch for a while yeah definitely but i did like the, the robot designs because one of the good thing cool things about beast wars even the, in the toys and in the cartoon was how they incorporate animal elements into the robot how they're not blocky and robotic like the transformers Mostly are their face on the yeah chest. snap yeah or their their jaw or whatever the but they're iguana one oh iguanas iguanas I, I i don't know if he was real but i i might have had an iguanas i think a no, lot I, of these are made up for the comic Okay, I had so many that, Transformers. Although, oh my god. My brother and I had two toys that show up in this comic. It was the polar bear. We had the polar bear. That turns into an and, owl? Well, no. I don't know why Not it turned that, into an no, owl. No, that's a different polar bear. Why is that a druid? That's a, a that's druid, a yeah. that's a mutant. That's a mutant. That is from the what, show. What was, yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I was gonna ask you, what else going on with with the mutants? I don't know anything about that. So there's mutants, and then there's fusors, which is which is a, a a maximal or a predacon that can be two animals. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I there's the mutants twice. who are like messed up because in yeah, in I the had... original show, and this is kind of explained in the comic, they arrived on like proto forms, and then they were stamped with the with with the personality uh in the spark and that and that's kind and that was kind of uh messed up when they all crashed mm. uh so that's why there's a few like mutants and fusors and things like that and the, and the yeah. damn trans warp drive is in this comic too <laughs> yes it is yeah <laughs> that's the transformer yeah. that's how transformers get around no i know it's just space and time pick a lane <laughs> yeah but but i mean i still i had a fun time i didn't hate reading it i will say Oh, uh, I don't, uh, yeah. Ryan talked about the art. I want to talk about the art real quick. As I do like the art, I think the character designs are really interesting. I just think it's really com it's really com compressed. There's a lot of character designs, and this kind of goes like there's a lot of new characters, and it can kind of Optimus Mi Optimus Minus is that the chimp? Minor ch Minor Optimus Minor. That's funny. What a goofy little guy. Um, and so like there's the um there's there's a lot of Transformers in in the page at one time, and I th I think you could have spread it out made it a little bit more widescreen and had had some of these character designs breathe there are some man there are some splash pages that have just like dozens of characters and i'm like man this dude went so hard mm -hmm. like because like it's like drawing superheroes is one thing and like i know that's really hard too but like all the different paneling and all the different transformers and transforming that i'm like man this must have taken forever to draw yeah i you know i, I wish i liked it more there's another beast wars there's another Beast 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 Wars comic that I I'm just gonna try to read. It's the most recent one. I'll tell you what this this made me watching this movie because I've seen all the Transformers movies. Obviously, like I have always loved Transformers as their source material, the toys. I have like I have guys. I have I think I maybe have more Transformers than like half the state of California. I I've just never shown them. I have so many fucking Transformers. That's the first effort. <laughs> That's the first effort I've been able to keep it in for almost three hours. Uh, and like. 
just those movies re the, when 2007 re-unlocked that love uh because you know they're always at like target or whatever but like i have almost all every transformer from those three movies the first three because that's when i kind of dropped off buying them but i'm like oh my god i love transformers because i love the toys <laughs> and i'm like oh yeah, yeah. Not, they're not always gonna be for me like beast wars is cool but i'd rather just have i looked up how much a magmatron costs guys that's like 300 dollars because i don't make them anymore because mm-hmm. like they're all japanese and they're all old and i'm like one day the Optimus Primal yeah. figure for this movie is actually from the animated show because they didn't get the movie design in time. I got, I got, I definitely got a Primal. I, the, that's a cool guy. I think oh, his design in the movie we didn't talk about super much. It's really cool. Yeah, I really like, yeah. I really like the Maximals and the Predacons. Beast Wars is my Transformers, and I, I'm, I, I kind of bummed that they just introduced like 50 new characters instead of just using the the Maximals and the Predacons. It's because it's like, again, they're beholden. Like, okay, you can't do anything that the show is doing. <laughs> Yeah, that sucks. Just have fun with it, maybe. Yeah, but also to and also to talk about Ryan's point, there are times I've gone to Frank and Sons and they have the newer toys for Transformers that you can't really find at a at Target. Oh, and I'm just like, keep talking. uh, Hold on, I because I really want some of those toys. They're just like kind of expensive. Yeah, but I I do agree because I would love like a a Star Scream. I don't know why I want a Star Scream Optimus. Anytime I see a really cool Optimus, so I have. My friend Mitch is in the chat. Oh, hi. Um, So I have, I bought this at Comic-Con. I'm doing a little show and tell for the audio people. I bought this at Comic-Con. It is the first edition of Transformers Prime Optimus. And I'm going to open it. Uh, I mean, I've already, I've opened it many times. But so it's, it's Optimus's chest as a box. And then you open it. And it's the Matrix of Leadership with the Optimus Prime figure, figure in this. Oh, that's cool. I remember seeing that years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really like the. Uh, I really like Transformers Prime. So, like, I also have. Um, I also have Zombie Dwayne Johnson, Cliff Jumper, Cliff Jumper. Dwayne Johnson was Cliff oh, Jumper in the show. Dwayne Johnson. Cliff Jumper was played by Dwayne Johnson in the first episode of Transformers Prime, and then he became a zombie. Oh. So I have that figure, his zombie figure. I remember that. Cool, cool, cool. I remember that. Man, Transformers Prime was such a good show. That is a good show. I like. Apparently, Earthspark's pretty good. Earthspark. I haven't seen, seen Earthspark, but I do remember show. the... Sh- I remember watching Transformers Prime on the Hub back when that was a network. Um, yeah, the Hub. Yeah, okay. I, I, anything else we want to add about this comic? I forgot we weren't talking about the movie for a second. <laughs> uh, no. No, I mean, it's... It, I mean, if you're a diehard Beast Wars fan, this one's for you. I'm not a diehard Beast Wars fan, and my Beast Wars knowledge has deteriorated over the 25-plus years since I last watched it, but... I still liked it, and honestly, I would be willing to give Beast Wars another go. Yeah, I think yeah. if um, if you're looking to read, if you're looking to get into more Beast Wars, uh, and you have no no knowledge at all, don't read this first. Either maybe read if there are other Beast Wars comics that are a little more fr- family f- not family friendly, a little more entry friendly. There's a new IDW Beast Wars comic uh, that's set with the it's you know it's the classic Beast Wars lineup. Cool. Yeah, should maybe check that out first. Because uh, I wouldn't say this is like a bad comic, but it's just not a, a very uh, easy read if you're yeah. if you're new to it. Yeah. Um, okay. That's the show. I guess. Whoop, whoop. Uh, Ryan, it is your book club next week. Do you oh, know sh- what it is? I thought I did. You thought? 
You're looking. You don't know. I thought I thought I took a picture of something that I was thinking of, but I didn't. Be- oh, I'll tell you why. Because here, I'm gonna actually tell you what I was gonna pick, and then I decided not to. So next week is the Flash, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't gonna pick a Flash comic. I was gonna pick a Flash Thompson Venom comic because I want to keep doing this thing where I pick something that's associated with the name, but not pick it because I'm silly. But I I didn't find a comic I really wanted to read, so I'm gonna pick something else. So we'll find you out. Do tomorrow. the uh, the what is it? The Batman '89 comic book that just came out. Batman 89. Oh. Yeah, it's the one with it's the one that was supposed to be the Batman the sequel. return sequel. Oh yeah, I oh yeah, that came out a while ago. Oh, yeah, I did I did read that. That was fun. I haven't read uh, it yet. I, think, I won't pick that. Uh okay, so stay tuned for the uh social medias for what that book will be. It'll be um, a banger. All right, so that's it. So next week guys, as Ryan said, we are talking about The Flash. Unfortunately. <laughs> That's not the Flash. Um, so we're going to be talking about the, uh, the the Flash, the end of the DCEU as we knew it. <clears throat> um, also, next week, just in, in 15 minutes at the point of this recording, uh, our seventh anniversary is here. And uh, therefore a special, a seventh anniversary special where we do uh, a Dungeons & Dragons campaign. That will be up uh, tomorrow. So stay tuned tomorrow morning. Uh, Mag, as always, later gang, take care and be safe. You too, sir. Bye. <clears throat> um so yeah so again happy anniversary guys yeah, happy anniversary bro um ever. so guys check out plenty more hey seven years seven shows no we have nine shows um anyway so uh, <laughs> check out all of our shows uh such as my my solo show that's only audio it's conversation uh the latest episode cookie from just little podcast that is up now uh, next episode coming this week will be Ken Knapsack talking about Indiana Jones. Great conversations, uh, both. I can't wait for you to hear them all. Um, please check Love it out. It. Fake Nerds Watch. Fake Nerds Watch is, will be making a return uh, because Star Trek Strange New World Season 2 is starting this week, baby. What day? Thursday. How many episodes of Season 1? 10. I'll have it done. Okay. <laughs> um, ben, you too. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for the show always enjoy the hang time have a great week grayson uh you too sir goodbye sir um yeah so so star trek change the worlds will be coming out this week i'm so excited and secret invasion is next week oh yeah so get ready boys Fickner's work Fickner's watch coming in hot if that show's yeah. not good i'm gonna be mad <laughs> me too you can't pretend to give me an andor and then not give me an andor me three basement arcade is our video game show plenty more basement arcade episodes coming basement arcade pause menu our video game uh discussion so newest episode in the description below ben that is with who again that is with uh nick uh munson or manson i i don't know why my chicken scratch decided to write his his the second letter is either a u or an a so if i'm saying it wrong i'm sorry nick nick m as we have it in the episode description Mm -hmm. he is a uh he is the head of monster studios which created um a the nes game copper jacket which you can buy off his website right now very cool of course there's also fickner book club and uh, animation station uh and the real score all shows you can find on this on this uh channel on this youtube channel if you like this video and you subscribe to this channel please do it helps us a lot uh you can also check out our patreon and our t public if you'd like to support us financially we greatly appreciate all the support you can give us no matter what website's still down stay tuned for an update i think i might be having an update soon so stay tuned for that um all the links you can find in the description below by the way, for our tape, for our tapreon <laughs> t public and patreon um uh, you can also so, sorry 
Thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who watches the live show. And thank you to everyone who watches the rewind. We greatly appreciate uh, that support you give us. Uh, the fact that you want to watch this for near three hours, sometimes more, is insane to us. Um, but we appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you to Jeremy Vellucci for all of our theme music that you heard here tonight and all the music you heard on all of our shows. You hear on all of our shows. You can find him at Jeremy Vellucci underscore wreck of time. Or you can find his podcast, Suburban Proctologist, and uh, at Suburban Proctologist Official. No, Subproc Podcast on Instagram, Suburban Proctologist Official on Facebook. Check it out. Um, and of course, thank you to Mike Patola, wonderful collaborator of ours, did a couple of our logos. You can find him at Mike Patola on Instagram and TikTok. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at FickNerdPod, FickNerdGuys at gmail.com. Sorry, FickNerPodcast. Um, FickNerGuys at gmail.com. If you'd like to touch with us personally, I'm at BC McClure on Instagram and Twitter. <clears throat> I also write for CPR.com, AtomicGeekdom.com, and KaijuRamenMedia.com. New article on Kaiju Ramen Media, not written by me, written by our good friend Travis Alexander. Uh, it is a review of Shin Common Rider. Ben, where can people find you? Wait, you can well, find hold me. on, hold on a second. What? He saw Shin Common Rider. It's out. Oh. Wait, well, oh, I'll find it. It had it had a well, yeah, you could probably find it, but it had like okay, a day. Okay. It had, I didn't know that. It had a fathom event. Um, so uh, he went hell to see yeah, it. that's okay. so cool that it'll be in a horizon soon. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, Ben, yeah. where can people find you? You can find me saying "Wait up, way too late" playing Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom at Ben Maga twenty seven Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. You could also find me writing for Fusion Gaming Magazine, Old School Gaming Magazine, GoNintendo.com, and playing Mary Frankenstein on Dean Dark. New episodes out Wednesdays. Ryan, where can people find you? You can find me maximal. What does he say? Maximize. Maximize. You could find me maximizing my way to 21 hearts in Zelda because I think I'm at 20 now. I'm about to get that second row. Ben, it takes tw- I think it's 20 hearts before you get a second what? row. It's, yeah, that's 20 hearts, two full stamina bars, like 67 shrines at DJ Tony Snark 616. And of course, you can find our absent friend Sparks Witty at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcast, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Like this video, subscribe to this channel. And until next time we see us, guys, stay fake nerds. Bye.